It's showtime, folks! Hola, this is Shelly Martinez. This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows. Here's your boy Shaq Gaspardy. This is the World Warrior Low Key. This is Terry Sultan of Ring of Honor. This is Christopher Daniels. And the gospel according to the Fallen Angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Hey, yo, say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, what's up? It's the LDB, one dirty bitch. Boom! Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the three-time, three-time, three-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. With the bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog got his own microphone, Tony. Larry, Mike, and JJ. All caps. Sex A. Stay thirsty, my friends. And the winner of the People's Choice Award is Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, welcome to a Memorial Day edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. We have got a jam-packed show for you tonight i mean who knows how long this show could go tonight um i do want to start things off right now every memorial day we always think about those that we've lost who have given their lives to protect the freedoms who served in the armed forces and that's what this day is about and i you know even though i'm living in canada I am a proud American, as you all know, and I just want to wish everybody out there right at the start of the show right now to every member of the armed services and to all the Americans listening to this show who are celebrating Memorial Day today. just want to say happy Memorial Day to you all and to the men and women who serve in the service. Thank you so much for the sacrifice. We greatly appreciate your sacrifices for our freedom. That's what it's about. But, of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy, and a packed show. As I said, guys, we're going to be talking news of the week here momentarily, sponsored by wrestling-online.com. Uh, we're going to be taking your phone calls and your emails later on the show. We're probably briefly going to touch on Monday Night Raw. You guys are going to have to fill in the blanks for me because, well, I didn't watch the show. But uh, more importantly than all that, 
on this very program, the three-time, three-time, three-time WCW world champion is going to be joining us on the program. But with that said, you've heard enough of my voice. And ladies and gentlemen, the founder of Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog, is in the house. Guess who's back? Happy Memorial Day, and uh, just right off the bat, let's have a little bit of silence for the men and women that we've lost in the armed forces, in all of our major wars, and for all of the times that they have kept us safe at home to do silly shit like we're doing tonight. Let's have a little bit of silence. All right, with that being said, thank you for that. I want to start tonight's show off with a life lesson. I want to start tonight's show off with a, how can I put it? Don't do what your favorite wrestlers do. And I'm not talking about don't try this at home. I mean, we all know don't do diamond cutters off the couch. Don't do, you know, shooting star presses off your bunk bed. I'm talking about the little things. I'm talking about... Okay, well, here, here's what sparked this in my head, and here's what happened. Last night, I got off work. Well, technically, this morning, I got off work. And I needed a few things from the store. And I knew that I had to go home and get a little sleep because I worked overnight. And I wanted to make sure I was up all day to get ready for DDP. Had a lot of things to do today. So at 7.30 a.m. this morning, as I'm walking out of the door from work, I go to Walmart. I pick up a few things. I'm chewing some gum. And let me express that I'm a former baseball player. So when I chew gum, I'm not talking a stick or two. I'm talking a mouthful, like a, a dude in the dugout. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got a I got a whopping chaw of gum going on, and I've probably been working on this for a good hour now, and it's getting to where it just doesn't taste good. It's like chewing on rubber, and as I'm pushing my cart out the door with my groceries in the front, it hits me, and I go through the first set of doors. I go through the second set of doors that lead to the outside area, and I pull a Mr. Perfect. I pull an Edge, who, after King of the Ring, stole this from Mr. Perfect for a while. I spit my gum up in the air, and I slap it with my hand. 
as I'm walking. Unfortunately, for the woman that was watering the flowers to my left, who received this ball of gum in the back of her hair, I apologize. <laughs> I was just trying to imitate one of my favorite wrestlers. So as she screams and reaches into her hair to feel this lump of gum, I pushed my cart a little faster to get away. So I'd like to start the show off by saying, don't always do what you see on television. And we'll leave it at that. So you slapped some gum into some lady's hair, Trey. What the hell is wrong with you, man? I'm not talking a stick. I'm not talking a piece. I'm talking a wad that would fill my cheek of gum. And it wasn't good gum. It was really sticky, nasty, blah gum. And it was just like Big League Chew. You know what I'm talking about? You pull out a big old pinch and you stick it in there. Yeah. Some poor bitch got it stuck in the back of her head today. Couldn't do it again if I tried. Wow. Yeah. That is insane, Trey. Don't always do what you see on television. Leave it to my partner, the Trey Dog, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for the Trey Dog. She was screaming, stop that guy! And I was pushing that cart to my truck as fast as that little cart would go. (laughs) She thought it was a hate crime, man. Yeah. She thought it was a money shot. Uh, She probably did. Skeet, skeet, skeet! Wow, you know, my day hasn't been that entertaining or exciting. Just a regular Monday for me. You know, last know, week. Part of it was. Well, part of it was. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's been kind of an easy laid back day. Other than the fact I've been, you know, doing some radio stuff the last couple hours. I'm pretty sure with the length of hair she had, she had to get a haircut today. Probably so. Yeah. But I hope they don't get your ass on camera. What can they do? I mean, what's what's the what? When I'm standing there holding letters and, and numbers under my face for a mugshot, what's the what's the charge? Uh, a run by wadding, probably. You know, walk by spitting, something like that. She could sue you, man, for everything you own. She wouldn't get much. No, but she might get that Macho Man autographed uh, SmackDown versus Raw. No, I got that put away. Okay, good. Make sure well, you at keep least the one. cover. I've got the cover put away. The game, I've got it out. Okay. Just keep the cover. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because they signed that on the plastic that goes over the cover. You can actually pull the SmackDown versus Raw piece of paper out. Well, because it'll it'll come off. It was only with a Sharpie. Well, I'm just looking. It looks like we got a bunch of emails to read tonight in the WNL box. Well, hopefully they're better than the one you started off with unplugged, but hey. Well, you know, you got to read the good with the bad, right? I mean, you know, I, for anyone who thought they would send me a negative email and I wasn't going to read it on the air, well, you, you realize that I will read it on the air. And I just want to say to whoever that dumbass was that wrote that email, hey, congratulations, you got an opinion, they're all like assholes and they usually stink. But you want to talk shit on me personally and tell me to get over the fact that I hung out with TNA wrestlers. Well, motherfucker, let me explain this to you. 
I also talk to people like Diamond Dallas Page, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Kurt Angle on the phone while you're sitting at home listening. So I get to do something that you don't get to do by doing this show. And if you don't want to listen, I slept real good all week. And according to my chat room tonight, you're not missed. We'll move on. Absolutely. Nothing else really to be said. I didn't lose any sleep over it either. Yeah. It is what it is. I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and jump. Well, you know what? I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I know. The difference is when I put my pants on, I win wrestling radio awards. I see. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. It's all good. But I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and start things off and talk a little news of the week. And I hope you watched Raw because I didn't. I watched at it. Okay. I watched bits and pieces of it. Well, good, because you're going to be the one telling us what happened, because, well, I don't know. I mean, I think Crelly sent me the results, but uh, we'll jump into that here momentarily. But let's go ahead and start things off with a little news of the week, sponsored, of course, by our good friends at wrestling-online.com. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now, the news. Kind of the, you know, not-so-newsy week of news. Yeah, it really has been kind of a, kind of a slow news week, but uh, apparently WWE announces new exec to head up their India office. Well, that'd be good. WWE announced that it has appointed Rukan Kizilbash to be the general manager, and I hope I got ah. that right. I hope I got that right. If I didn't, you'll have to bear with me. So you're talking about Indian with a dot, not Indian with a feather? Yes. Okay. Uh, WWE India to spearhead the company's expansion across all lines of business, including consumer products and home entertainment. Now, I wonder if this guy is responsible for the WWE product placement in gas stations across America. Uh, we may find that out very soon. That's very racist, Trey. I'm just saying, he, I mean, you know. See, before joining the WWE, Kilzabash served as the chief operating officer at Percept. Prior to his tenure at Percept, he served as general manager of 10 Sports after being promoted from vice president advertising sales he has also held positions at IMG and ESPN Star Sports. WWE is committed to growing our business to ensure that the international fans have the access they want to our products and our programs, said Andrew Whitaker, Executive Vice President, WWE International. With the hiring of Kilzabash and the opening of the office in Mumbai, WWE expects to increase the revenue generated from India across all platforms and bring the audience even more WWE excitement products as they have desired. Can I get a... Speaking of uh, things that went down this past week, as of last Tuesday, Brock Lesnar's biography came out. The biography entitled Death Clutch, My Story of Determination, Domination, and Survival has been released in all bookstores nationwide. Co-written, of course, by his close personal friend, Paul Heyman, the book features 224 pages of wrestling and mixed martial arts stories covering his rise through the WWE ranks, becoming the WWE champion, quitting the multi-million dollar 
his multi-million dollar contract and joining the UFC where he won the UFC heavyweight the UFC heavyweight title in his third fight. In the end, the heavy, Brock the holds the heavyweight title. Heavyweight title, yes. That's where you eat a lot of wheat, a lot of lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of fiber. It's good stuff. It's a good title. Healthy. Yeah, uh, he won the UFC heavyweight title in his third fight. In the end, Brock holds nothing back, a revealing, raw, and ultimately uh, redemptive tale of Brock's determination and domination. Death Clutch is the untold true story of becoming one of life's true champions. Uh, now, speaking of Brock Lesnar, kind of bad timing for him. His book just came out, but he actually just had 12 inches of his intestine removed. Uh, as a result of his uh, diverticulitis. Mm-hmm. So Jim Ross has been speaking about that a lot because, you know, Jim Ross had a similar operation where he had some of his small intestines removed for the same thing. But uh, from what I understand, Brock's going to be on a liquid diet, so he's going to drop a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, there's not really a timetable, I don't think, right now for him to come back to the UFC, but uh, he hopes to be back within the next year. Now, can I get a true or false from the world of news? Yeah, we need. Can you either confirm nor deny that Trinitatius, the the Pope of Wrestling News Live, is Karma's baby's daddy? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny at this point in time. Uh, we are running uh, DNA tests here on the network, and uh, okay. Crelly has been, uh, you know, we we he's in the clear. Crelly is not responsible. Because I, I, I ask because a recent listener from the past has resurfaced in my life. A black man, Double H. And I just find it awfully ironic that he's back around and listening to the show and interacting with me and other members of the, of the Wrestling News Live family on Xbox Live. And now Karma's got a baby. I'm just throwing that out there. No, well, it could be him. It could be Trentavius. Believe it could be Bronx father. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, like I said, Crelly has been found innocent. He uh, he uh, he's in the clear. Internet Dave the Bronx, refuses. The Bronx father. The Bronx father is accusing the beard of one Charles Shane. Well, I was going to say uh, Charles Shane is, is still undergoing the testing. However. Yeah. Internet Dave refuses to take the test, so read into that mm. what you will. Well, he may be one step closer to child support. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a nice little moniker to have? <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Uh, you know who Drew McIntyre is, right, Trey? I do. He is getting divorced from one hot piece of ice. He is, but uh, as you uh, may have heard, let's see, former WWE diva Tiffany, real name Taryn Terrell, former playmate, by the way, uh, announced on her Twitter that she will be getting divorced from her husband and WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. In mid-August of last year, Terrell was suspended by the WWE after an altercation with her husband in a hotel resulted in her arrest where she spent six hours locked up in the Van Nuys Valley Jail. Terrell and McIntyre got married in Las Vegas in May of the same year. Terrell got fired a few months after her initial suspension and was never used on WWE television after her arrest. In March of this year, Terrell posted a screenshot from McIntyre's iPhone showing a text message conversation with Chavo and a photo in the message showing underwear with souvenirs from last night. 
as the accompanying text, McIntyre replied to Chavo with, Yes, I'm beating off in the gym. And later, Terrell sent another message with his phone to Chavo saying, Taryn, very nice. I hope you boys enjoy ruining marriages. I loved him with all my heart. On her Twitter, Terrell posted the screenshot writing, Realities of marrying a pro wrestler really suck. Announcing her divorce, she wrote, I wish Drew only happiness and continued success. Now, does anybody else think that the same week they announced that Drew McIntyre is getting divorced from his wife, that last week on Raw we saw Drew McIntyre have a huge pyro and possibly a renewed push because I think she was part of the reason he was being held back. Because she was saying some crazy shit last year. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, Of course, we found out last week that uh, Karma is, in fact, pregnant and will be taking time off from Monday Night Raw. Looks like she's going to be out of action for at least a year. I question that. Daddy better step up. Well, I question that because, you know, a new mom, we're going to full-time WWE schedule. I just don't know. I I would be surprised if she does make it back next year. I think she might be taking a few years off. That's just my, you know, two cents. Uh, depends on the daddy. I mean, if she's in a relationship where she can leave the baby with the daddy, then, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Karma or Awesome Kong, whatever, has somebody in her life, grandma, mother, somebody that can help her. Well, you know, regardless, for all the jokes that we made, you know, Trey and I both think that the, Kia uh, Stevens is, well, we didn't do it either, but... Kia Stevens is a fantastic professional wrestler. She's one of the legit, you know, tough-ass female wrestlers in this business. And I wish her the best, and I want to see her come back stronger than ever. So despite the joking, we have all the respect in the world. it could be ODB. It could be. We have all the respect in the world for Kia Stevens, and I can't wait to see her come back. Um, WWE has a new DVD that's going to be coming out soon, Trey. Mm. Not just the, uh, the Nitro DVD, which... We did talk with Diamond Dallas Page about that comes out next week on Tuesday. However, the artwork and match listings for the Greatest Cage Matches DVD is officially out. Uh, It's entitled WWE Greatest Cage Cage Matches of All Time. It's a three-disc set and will be released on June 28th. The artwork features Edge for the WWE, Kerry Von Erich for WCCW, Ric Flair for the NWA, and Lex Luger for WCW and the Road Warriors for the AWA in photos between sections of the cage. The DVD set will have 25 full cage matches from the mentioned companies with matches such as Bruno Sammartino versus Larry Zabisco, Abdullah the Butcher versus Bruiser Brody, Ric Flair versus Lex Luger, The Ultimate Warrior versus Randy Macho King Savage, and more. Ooh, yeah. So I'm actually now in that Abdul the Butcher match is that a hepatitis C match? Uh, no, no. We can neither no confirm C. nor deny that was a hepatitis C match. Yes. Okay, I I didn't know that was part of the card. Yeah, no doubt. Um, former WWE manager Armando Estrada. Armando, I don't like to be unplugged, Estrada. See, everybody, everybody gave everybody was upset about that, but like, dude. He was a heel manager. He was just giving me shit. He was totally in he character. He was just in character. I understand. I loved it. I thought it was great. He cut a promo on you. He did. He cut a promo on me. He didn't hurt my feelings any. I didn't lose hey, any sleep. I still have a great promo from Raven calling me stupid, so hey. Oh, dude, I got one of those, too. 
That's just Raven, though, right? Or maybe he really thought we were stupid. I don't know. One or the other. That and Johnny Devine got a promo telling me how I suck. Uh, he calls our listeners maggots. So there you go. Yeah. Um, no, he apparently returned at the Superstars tapings. He is now managing former Heart Dynasty member Tyson Kidd. As you know, Tyson Kidd has undergone a series of uh, changing events as of late. One week he had Michael Hayes as manager. The next week Michael Hayes turned on him. And now he's coming down to the ring for his 57th match against Trent Beretta on uh, Superstars. So, you know, it, might so be now, nice. it would be nice to see Tyson Kidd take on somebody other than Trent Beretta on Superstars. Maybe it's just me. What, but about, what about Michael Hayes? Does he have somebody new to manage, or is that just over and done? Dude, it's WWE. We have no idea what's going on with, with Hayes. <clears throat> the fallout from Over the Limit did a 3-4 composite off... Uh, Let's see, what was it? Off hours 3.44 and 3.36 for a total of 5,100,000 viewers. Wow. The good news, it's up from the week previous, which had a 3.1 and an additional 400,000 viewers. However, the bad news is that the show lost viewers from the first hour. Tough Enough did a 1.64 rating with 2,562,000 viewers, just slightly up from the previous week. Around 120,000 viewers more. Now, can I tell you why we're all lost viewers? And why is that? Because everybody tuned in at the beginning to see the Macho Man tribute they didn't get. And they turned away. I would agree with that. Uh, There was an article that came out last week, Trey, involving... (laughs) What? Oh, Bronx father. He sends me this link that says, oh, my God, Trey, look. And it's a little baby with a cowboy hat and a cigarette in his mouth. I guess he's trying to say that's me. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome, nice. Trey. That's awesome. I got a new story. What's that? China is back. <laughs> but no, not in the WWE. No. No. Not in TNA. No. No, not in Ring of Honor. But yes, and getting their butt plugged. Yeah, back door she, into China, is that what it's called? A back door into China with two guys by the last name of Stone, no relation, I would imagine. You're hoping not anyway, right? And uh, yeah. China in a new vivid video called Backdoor into China. True story, folks. I can't make this up. Backdoor into China. I know that Sean Waltman have released a statement saying that uh, he was upset at the news. Because she never let him go in the back door? Yeah. He was upset at the news that she you know, is back into porn. She obviously didn't learn from the first time around. According to Sean Waltman, she was very distraught and very upset when their sex hey. tape one night in China made Bitch the rounds. Bitch, she's got to buy some groceries. I guess. I know that China's reps were denying the fact that there was a video of China uh, filmed for Vivid, but Vivid Entertainment has said, nope, we have it. It's coming out. So backdoor into China, coming uh, to a Vivid video near you. Now, Vivid video is easy to get your hands on. Yes. I mean, they are a major porno distributor, so I don't know. 
So I don't know. It's very, very what sad. What does she call news. that? What does she call that thing that hangs down in her vagina? Is that the garage door? Possibly. It very possibly <laughs> could be. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's sad because here she was set to do so well with TNA on this handshake agreement, you know, as Kurt Angle's business associate to take out Karen. And there was just so much that they could have done with her if they if they wanted to. Maybe they got wind of this and said, well, wait a minute. We don't want to promote you if you're doing porno. But then again, WWE used to have a relationship with, you know, Playboy magazine, so I don't get the big difference. Well, I mean, granted, one's Playboy magazine, the other one's getting something shoved in the back door, but still. Well, but at the same time, at that point in time, WWE was a more adult-oriented program. That's why you had, you know... Christy and, and Candace Michelle and all these other divas. Which sucks because I want to see Kelly Kelly naked in Playboy bad. I think she turned it down a couple years ago. Well, she was probably just barely old enough, but now, I mean, shit. They're PG. They'll never do that again. They'll never put a diva in Playboy. Now, the divas, once they're released, can go to Playboy. Right. I so, want to see Velvet Sky in Playboy. Probably never happened. So since we're talking about divas, apparently Layla is set Tete's. to under- apparently Layla is set to undergo surgery. She's going to do what? Uh, she basically tore her ACL and MCL, oh, so she had man. surgery, and uh, looks like she's going to be out for a little bit. That's that's really bad news for Layla because you know they had the breakup between her and Michelle McCool, and it looked like Layla was about to get a huge push. And, unfortunately, injuries happen, but I'm sure that when she comes back, the push will be restarted for her, and all will be good. (laughs) Here's a funny story, Trey. Do tell, sir. WWE ordered to pay unemployment compensation to certain employees. Yeah, you heard me right. The WWE forced to pay unemployment compensation to certain employees. They have been found guilty of underpaying employment compensation... For certain employees, and the company was requested by the Connecticut Department of Labor to pay 7316 in owed money. In a letter to the department, which was seen by the Associated Press, the WWE's attorney said that the, the company does not agree with the agency's findings. However, they will pay under protest, as it would be less expensive than challenging the actual audit, which took two years to compile, there was no additional action taken against the WWE. I like that. They'll pay under protest because it's cheaper in the long run. Yep. Here's a pretty major story, and, and this one's going to tie into something. It's pretty interesting. An arrest warrant was issued for Ric Flair this past week. Yeah, what's this all about? The county of Mecklenburg in North Carolina issued an arrest warrant for former 16-time World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair after the court found him in civil contempt during a hearing earlier uh, in his case against HighSpots.com. According to PWInsider.com, back last year, Flair agreed to pay the merchandise website $35,000 and signed 300 photos to conclude the case, which was filed by HighSpots after their deal fell apart, and Flair took off with the money that the company loaned him when the two were in business. Flair failed to come up with the money, and in time, the Superior Court ordered the Nature Boy to pay by April 29th. Therefore, it is ordered, adjudged, and decreed 
that the defendant, Richard Fleer, is hereby held in civil contempt for his failure to comply with the consent order to enforce settlement and that the defendant may be imprisoned for as long as he remains in civil contempt for a period not to exceed 90 days from his date of imprisonment, which shall commence on June 27, 2011, without further action from the court, reads the arrest order. Flair can avoid being arrested by paying HighSpots.com the 35000 he owes and signing the 300 photos. <laughs> Robert in the chat room says, how about backdoor in the nature, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that one for sure. Uh, oh, the the other sure. alternative is that Flair can hand over the original NWA world title that he agreed to have as collateral and authorize the company to have ownership and rights of the title. Um, now, I don't have the full story as to what went down between Flair and High Spots. However, that said, courtesy of uh, our good friend Colin Vassilo of Wrestling-Online.com, it looks like next week on this very program, we will right be here. bringing on uh, the owner of HighSpots.com to discuss the matter further and get his take on what's going on. So you'll be able to find out exactly uh, what is definitely Straight from the, the cow's teeth, what's going on with the Ric Flair legal situation. Exactly. So, or is that horse's mouth? Well, horse's mouth, probably. But you know, mouth, probably. here's what kills me, man. And I know we, we talk about this all the time, and I'm not, I'm not going to start bashing TNA. But I find it amazing that this is a company... Where, you know, TNA, Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it this week. This is still a company that's making headlines because their talent is involved in court battles or arrest warrants. Well, that's adult. You know, more adult. Dude, <laughs> not PG. Well, that, you're right. That is more adult. But it's sad when the only advertising or the only promotion that this company gets is that Jeff Hardy still has an ongoing case. Kurt Angle's been arrested. Ladies and gentlemen. Now... You know, Rick Flair. TNA Impact pay per view this Sunday. Rick, the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, woo! Versus Jeff Hardy, the charismatic enigma from Cell Block C as inmate 65437 takes on inmate 57342. It's kind of sad, man. It really is. I, I just. I want the company to succeed, damn it. I just don't want to read about them in the news anymore. About arrest warrants, drug deals, DWIs. I just don't want to read about it anymore. Special guest referee straight from her vivid porno shoot, backdoor into China, the ninth wonder of the world, and the tenth wonder of the world, the guy that put his dick in her backdoor, China, and her porno friends. It's getting thick. So we discussed this a little bit on Unplugged this past week. but On pay-per-view. If I were to tell you, Trey, if I were to tell you that Hulk Hogan has lent his likeness to a new video game, what would you say? I would say, is it not a TNA game? It is not a TNA game. I know that's hard to believe. But well, Hulk Hogan... What's harder to believe is that it's a Connect video game. Yeah. Apparently. So you have to act all this out with your arms and legs. Well, apparently, this is the press release. Majestic Entertainment and TNA's Hulk Hogan announced a strategic partnership to develop Hulk Hogan's main event, a video game exclusively on Kinect for the Xbox 360 and expected release this fall. 
Developed by Panic Button LLC, Hulk Hogan's main event is the first-person performance-based wrestling game on Kinect for Xbox 360 that lets players train with mentor Hulk Hogan as they build up their own wrestling personalities and learn the art of showmanship to win over the crowd. Hulk Hogan is much more than a wrestling star. He's a sports entertainment icon with a huge personality, a massive following on Spike's Impact Wrestling, and immediate recognition across generations of fans, says James Sutton, the CEO of Majestic Entertainment. What are you going to do, pillow, when I drop a leg drop on you in front of my connect? Partnering with the Hulkster for Hulk Hogan's main event is a dream come true, and we're looking forward to releasing a no-holds-barred motion capture experience that offers a full suite of over-the-top moves. In the game, players will learn the ropes from the man himself as Hulk Hogan schools them on delivering the best show for the crowd by emulating famous Hulk poses and performing more than 30 punishing combos. The Kinect sensor tracks players every move. The more dynamic the motion, the more high impact the wrestler's performance is. Players will create their own unique wrestler through a robust create a wrestler feature, including many choices for face, hair, tattoos, outfit, ethnicity, body type, and entrance music. Perform in nine different venues, including the Backyard Brawl, the local gym, the giant stadium in front of a massive audience, inter-tournament mode, there you go, inter-tournament mode for two-player, tag team, and take turns delivering extreme moves. Best of all, players wield a variety of damaging objects, including metal chairs, ladders, and deliver bone-jarring hits to their opponents. Now, again... Didn't I say this, what was it, months ago when Hulk Hogan was on American Idol? Missed opportunity to promote the company. Right. Now we've got a Hulk Hogan licensed video game that's not a TNA or Impact Wrestling licensed video game that's going to come out on an Xbox Kinect system before you're getting another TNA game. I, I just I have to shake my head and wonder what the hell is going on with this company. I just don't know, man. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. This was good. I, oh. I, I just don't. E3 can't get here soon enough. I'm telling you. Now, I mean, I know, I know Sean is just chomping at the bit waiting for E3 to arrive, and I'm right there with him because there's a lot of other games out there that I want to see and, and hear about, but this is up there on my list because here we are telling you don't try this at home. But now we're telling you it's okay as long as it's in front of the Kinect. I just, you know, I, I, want, I want to get a copy of the game so I can bring Internet Dave over here and leg drop him in my living room. That'd be awesome. Can you, is there a mode on the game where you have to invite your daughter over and flash your junk? Um, probably. That might be in there. I'm sure they'll probably have some uh, notorious B.I.G. stuff in there. Okay. That'd you be awesome. Cut a promo and do an elbow drop off the couch. You could you could do your best Hulk Hogan impersonation. Well, you know something, brother, dude. We'll just have to see how this works out. I think there is going to be He's got a family, damn it. <laughs> I think I think that uh, seriously, uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. They they're supposedly going to have a little bit of footage at E3 for people to check out, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. Internet Dave is in the chat room going, boy, I am just loving all the shout outs tonight. Well, we got <laughs> we got to get the awareness out there so people know who Internet Dave is. There's a lot yeah. of people still under the the impression that they don't know who this guy is. So I want to make yeah. sure that everybody knows who Internet Dave is. Well, he's one step closer to child support. Exactly. 
Uh, let me see. Something else of interest that's happened this past week. Now, I don't know what you think of Sin Cara in the WWE. I mean, this is a guy that came in with all the huge bravado and, you know, the overhyped entrances and stuff. And, you know, so far has kind of fizzled in the WWE. Now that he's on the SmackDown brand, they're editing his matches. He's not having great matches, uh, you know, with guys like Chavo. We don't need enough thinking matches. But here's an interesting little story. Apparently, the WWE has signed another Mexican luchador. They have signed former CMLL World Middleweight Champion. Enchilada! The 34-year-old is the second signing from CMML, Sin Cara. Apparently, this is uh, one of Mystico, a.k.a. Sin Cara's uh, biggest rivals. Averno, I believe, is his name. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. But it uh, looks like... Congarnate. Averno is oh. basically going to be joining the promotion to work with well, Sincaro in the very near future. It'd be like in the early 80s or the mid-80s hiring Hulk Hogan but not having Randy Savage. Think of how much better Savage made Hogan. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So Hulk I mean, Hogan... If you, could, if, you could, if you could take... I mean, let's be quite honest. With tonight's Raw... All tonight's Raw was was an episode of SmackDown from last year. Minus yeah. your main event. Minus your main event. Tonight's Raw was an episode of SmackDown from last year. It was. You had CM Punk and Ray. You had Dolph Ziggler and Kofi. You know, Jack Swagger and Evan Bourne. And they talked about how all these feuds were great over on SmackDown. That's all it was. It was a, a, a replay of a last year's SmackDown. Is all it was. Now I've so got. If, they, if they're into that recreating, you know, hey, yeah, why not? No, well, I hear you. I've got two more stories, and then we're gonna go ahead and uh, we'll do Raw later. I mean, really, there's not much to talk about. We're gonna run to break here in a few minutes and come back with the DDP interview. But two more stories I want to I want to touch on really quickly. Two times, uh, two times. Hit me, hit me. There you go. Uh, as most of you know, Macho Man Randy Savage passed away last week, and we did see a tribute video to Macho Man Randy Savage on Raw last week. Apparently, Vince McMahon wrote a tribute in Time Magazine, uh, and this is pretty much what he said. In a complete turn of events, WWE CEO and Chairman Vince McMahon wrote a tribute for the June 6th issue of Time Magazine, remembering former WWE and WCW champion the Macho Man Randy Savage. The two were not on speaking terms for a long time, and there are several theories floating around as to why the relationship hit rock bottom after Savage quit the company in 1994. Uh, I will say for the record that Vince has said that he was under contract from 1985 to 1993. Anybody else have some discrepancies to talk about? The article will not be free online as it is only available to Time subscribers. However, the first few sentences of the article were made public as a preview. It's important in sports and it's important in entertainment to stand out. Randy knew that right away. He wanted to leave his mark, and to do that, he was aware he had to make himself different from everyone else. McMahon writes, One way he did this was concentrating on his outfits, those brightly colored costumes with footlong fringe that became his trademark. He brought to wrestling a unique look and style. In his writing, McMahon describes Savage as one of the building blocks of what is now the WWE. 
I actually want to read that Time magazine. I will probably go pick it up just so I can read what yeah. he has to say. That'd be good for you to go get. Good for you to have. I'm just. I'm very intrigued as to what he has to say. And I, I addressed, you know, in the in the interview tonight with DDP, you know, when I talk about, you know, your wrestling passion and your wrestling knowledge goes way back further than mine. You know, I was a fan as a kid, yes, and I remember the early days, yes. But then there was a span where I was so wrapped up in chasing pussy and playing baseball that I didn't watch Raw or Nitro until about 96, 97 again, where I started watching it religiously every Monday night. And we've talked about this in the past. That's what made JSK and I so great was he always watched from the time he was a kid. You always watched from the time you were a kid. That's what makes us a great, you know, partnership because there's things I don't know and there's things you've forgotten more than I'll ever know as far as, you know, wrestling history. So losing a guy like Savage is a big hit to you. And like I tell Paige, to me, my heroes losing you, God forbid, or Sting, or somebody from that era would be the one that really hits me the hardest. Uh, you know, the Ultimate Warrior posted a fantastic tribute to the Macho Man Randy Savage last week. Boy, However... Boy. After doing that, he also basically called out Hulk Hogan this past week and said that there are some things he's going to be bringing to light regarding Hulk Hogan. So very derogatory things. So uh, He's been thinking, thinking, thinking. Looks like the Hulkster might have uh, a little more of an issue with the Ultimate Warrior in the very near future. I can't wait to hear. the planets are aligning and the one warrior nation is starting to rise. I can't wait to hear what this, uh, this problem is is uh, i'm looking be forward a man to hogan be a man so anyway, this final story of the night uh, this one is something that's being reported by pwinsider.com uh, according to john benoit who has been a similar regular correspondent for tna events as well as other events in the orlando area he was ejected from tonight's impact wrestling tapings get ben- out of here benoit was ejected from the event by tna producer and walked off universal property by an orlando police officer he was shown PWI Insider.com's website on a mobile device owned by a member of TNA Security and then informed he was being thrown out. This comes at Universal Studio is cracking down on the use of cell phones to tweet results. I'm all for it, but you're never going to get rid of all of them. Well, I think it's a little extreme to say that you cannot have your cell phones. According to what I've been reading, TNA is not letting you come in with cell phones. If they find you with them, you're going to be ejected. And I think that's a bit extreme. Look, bottom line, if you want people to stop, you know, tweeting about your spoilers, Go do live. a fucking live show. You know, what better way to turn off your fan base and people that come to your shows by tell, telling them you can't have a fucking cell phone? I mean, you want to talk about how your your grass is just as green as it is on the other side of the fence with the WWE, and you want to compare yourself to the next big product, fucking do the next big thing. Go live. You want to, you know, knock on the big dog's door, go live. That's the first step. Go live. Until you do that, you're really just a glorified indie fed with a great TV deal. Until you go live. But that is all the news of the week that I have. Of course, sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter there, please do. You get it multiple times a week. And it goes I don't out. even have to go to news sites anymore. It's all just delivered right to my email box. Same here, buddy. That's what we do the news of the week on. Uh, you know, it comes to you multiple times a week. 
you can join over 26,000 subscribers and uh, become a part of wrestling's longest and biggest growing newsletter. So uh, join the revolution. And remember, it's free, just like Wrestling News Live. Free! Now, real quick, we are going to run this down really quick. Here's the raw results. I'm reading these verbatim by the fucking foreign kid, Chris Kelly, who sent me the results for tonight. Let's do a flashback. Let's go back to SmackDown last year. All right, go. All right, we start things off with an R-Truth promo. Apparently there was no audio for a long period of uh, of time. A seg- a, the segment where Cena comes out sets up the main event for Truth versus Cena. They had a horrible time getting this going tonight because when Raw came on live, you saw R-Truth at a basically merchandise stand somewhere in the arena talking shit about John Cena t-shirts. You could tell that's what he was going on about was John Cena merchandise all over the place. But you couldn't hear him. There was no sound. And so they cut to a screen that said technical difficulties. Then they cut back to Michael Cole and and, and Lawler, who now um, have kissed and made up and are sitting together at the announce table again. And Michael Cole's back to being just that Michael Cole announcer, he's not a good guy nor a bad guy. He's right there, you know, down the middle. And, you know, basically just thankful to be back and glad that, that, that the king has accepted his apology and shown him the error in his ways. But the audio wasn't matching up with their mouths. Nice. So basically the feed we were getting was the live feed. They do have two feeds when they're live, so that if somebody says a dirty word or somebody yells a dirty word, they can bleep it and catch it before it goes out on TV. But due to technical difficulties, they were using the actual live feed, which does not match up with what you see. So it came across really weird. Truth came through the crowd, finally came up to a a row of people, that had to be a family, asked the little black boy what his name was. The little boy didn't answer. He said, oh, let me guess, your name's Little Jimmy, and you're wearing a Cena T-shirt. And he was dogging on everybody that was wearing Cena T-shirts. Then he dogged on the dad, said, let me guess, you're his dad. What's your name? Big Jimmy, and you're wearing a Cena T-shirt. And he said, you got something to say? And the dad said, what's up? And he said, no, there's no more what's up, no more what's up. And he got in the ring and said, don't boo me, you should boo yourselves. You and all the little Jimmies out there. Now, what he's saying in his own Ron, the truth killings vernacular, what he's trying to say is what JJ and I have been telling you guys for a year now. And it's funny They're incorporating this into a storyline because you may think, what the fuck is he talking about? Little Jimmy. And what's it got to do with John Cena t-shirts? Well, just like we've been telling you for over a year now, the reason Cena has the belt, the reason Cena is invincible, the reason people compare him like my partner JJ to Superman is because... He is the number one merchandise whore on WWE Shop. What Truth is trying to say in his own vernacular, in his own ghetto speak, if you will, 
is that all the little kids are buying his shit, and that's why he's number one. But they're trying to cover it up in a way so that he doesn't have to come right out and say that. Right. So that is our opening basic uh, promo from our truth Cena comes out, of course. Next up, we have uh, Dolph Ziggler taking on Kofi Kingston and what I'm understanding is a pretty good match. Uh, so Dolph goes over Kofi Kingston. I guess that now makes him the number one contender for the United States title, you would think, anyway. I thought it was the match of the night. A lot of people are saying CM Punk Mysterio was match of the night. So next up, we have uh, Del Rio, who comes out, cuts a promo, and basically apologizes to the big show that he was run over by the car and says that he's going to be sending him the bill because he, uh, he put damage to his car. And let me reiterate on this big go back one here to Ziggler and, and Kofi. Something new that they're trying to get over, and they used Michael Cole and, and, and Jerry Lawler to do it. Um, Dolph Ziggler is back to being blonde-headed, looking like the Dolph Ziggler we all know and love. However, he's not romantically involved with Vicky Guerrero anymore. She is just his business partner, helping him guide his career. But their relationship is over. So we have uh, Eve and Kelly Kelly taking on the Bellas. And Eve and Kelly Kelly defeat the Bellas. Quick and sweet. There you go. Another Divas match. Uh, Karma comes out and announces that uh, she is, in fact, pregnant. That she will return. Walker stuck her with his pickle. Yep. That, uh, in fact, she is pregnant and... uh, that Internet Dave is in, fact, baby, bitch. is, in fact, the father. The crowd starts chanting, who the fuck is Internet Dave? Actually, my pickle. Actually, that might have been more entertaining. But uh, anyway, she announces she's pregnant. It was always her dream to not only be a mother, but to work for the WWE. And when she comes back from her, uh, from her one-year absence, she will be a dominant diva and live the dream that she initially set out. We get the Bellas coming out and apparently talking trash to her and calling her fat. And, uh, you know, just a, a very a very good segment for bullying, which is something WWE has been uh, all about here lately. You know, the anti-bullying program. So Eliminate the hate. Karma says something about she has a new dream when she comes back. And uh, leaving the Bellas to kind of just look at each other and realize that they may have just stepped into something that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, we, she said, I hope that after I have my baby, I don't eat it. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Evan Bourne taking on Jack Swagger. Jack Evan, Swagger. Evan Bourne gets a roll-up victory, I believe, uh, on a stunned Jack Swagger, who was very brutal in the match, according to reports. Yeah, so, there you yeah. Go. These, uh, these two guys don't need to wrestle each other. They are two. Not to say that, that somebody with Jack Swagger's wrestling style couldn't have a good match with Evan Bourne. It's just Evan's not... Green, he's just a little rusty, I think, still, right. and their styles just don't match. And we also had CM Punk in a rematch against Rey Mysterio. Very good match, from what I'm reading. Mason Ryan match. accompanied CM Punk down to ringside, and in the end, CM Punk hit the go to sleep on Rey Mysterio and got the one, two, three. Yes, he did. And in the main event, wrapping this up, R Truth defeats John Cena. Via count out. And then goes back into the crowd with the microphone as Cena gets back in the ring, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Our truth runs back out to the little Jimmy he talked to earlier, talks trash to him and his dad, 
takes their drink, takes a big swig, and then throws the rest of it in their face. And then sprints off like he was afraid that a fan was about to beat his ass. Yep. And John Cena climbs out of the ring and towels him off with his wristbands and gives all of them wristbands uh, for getting splashed in the face. So, there you go. That is your raw review for uh, for Memorial Day. Again, I did not watch the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was, uh, like I said, SmackDown from last year, minus the main event. Very cool. And then you forgot one thing. What did I forget? Um, this was something I wanted to talk to. Um, basically, Cole slipped for a brief little bit back into his character from the last couple months as he interviewed um, Alex Riley. Basically called him everything but a white guy, and how could you turn your back on The Miz after he made you, blah, 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 blah. And The Miz comes out, jumps Riley. Riley gets the upper hand. Miz skates out and does a heel powder through the crowd as Riley stands there on the ropes all pissed off, getting a huge pop from the fans. Let this be a lesson to you that... It's not so much that Riley's such a good baby face, but this is the residual off of the Miz being such a good fucking heel. Right. That anybody will get the baby face pop that goes against him. And that's what A Ry was getting was the residual off that. But any anyway, he looked good tonight, looked like he could be a star and uh, you know, great segment. It just makes it, I mean, if you want to seriously break shit down under a microscope and get all technical and shit, The Miz has looked weak since the pay-per-view. True. I mean, you got the Cena beatdown where he was on him for, you know, 20 minutes kicking his ass. Then John Cena comes back with two moves and makes Miz tap and then, or makes Miz give up. And then, you know, by saying I quit. Then the next week or the next night on Raw, he gets turned on by his lackey in, you know, Alex Riley, gets beat down by Alex Riley, and then has the upper hand tonight, gets it turned around on him to where he loses the upper hand, and instead of fighting to get it back, he powders through the crowd like a typical heel and, and looks horrible again tonight in the eyes of the, of the, of the fan, so... New music that I forgot, according to Sean. I got to tell you that. So. Oh, well, cool. Good for Riley. We'll see where it goes from here. But, uh, guys, with that being said, I think it's time we take our uh, first commercial break of the night, come back with an epic. We got some other shit coming on, don't we? We do. We do. We've got. What we got uh, going on? Uh, what's it called? What's happening next? Um, oh, yeah. Huge Memorial Day interview with the three time, three time, three time WCW heavyweight champion and the people's champ when it comes to wrestling. So with that said, guys, you're listening to Wrestling News Live. When we come back, 90 minutes of Diamond Dallas Page, the three-time world champion, comes to the three-time wrestling radio show of the year. We'll be Throw bright. your hands up. Diamond cutter side. Come on, do it. That's right. That being said, guys, you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. So, 
Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. And uh, you're listening to my very dear, close, personal friends, JJ and Trick. I bet those names are right. Yeah, I believe I do. Right here on Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. If you're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling, log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. I have voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and WrestleTalk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio, Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown video games and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Wrestling matters to me because it is who I am. When you think of Kurt Angle or the name Kurt Angle, the word wrestling always seems to come up. It's what I've done my whole life. It's what I was destined to do. Whether it be an amateur or pro wrestler, I was destined to become the greatest wrestler in the world, and that's who I am. Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Impact Wrestling. Wrestling matters again. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair.
You gotta beat Ric Flair! Rick, are you wearing that robe again in here? Woo! I told you, no one wears it in here but me. Woo! 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 Rick, the dishes aren't done! Get the dishes done, Rick! To be the man, you gotta beat the man! And I'm saying, woo! Right here! I'm the man. Or I'll show you who's the man. I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. Woo! That's it, pretty boy. It's on now. Ooh. 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 We got a 22 deuce. That's a domestic disturbance over at 707 Cordala Street. This has been a day in the life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on Planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, The Trade Dog and JJ Sexay of SundayNightShowdown.com. You can't see me, my time is In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot, knock your shell off. My money stacked fat, plus I can't turn the swell off. All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am jj all cap sex a and i'm joined of course by my co-host the founder of wrestling news live the outlaw of the iwc you know him you love him the Trey dog and right now guys we have a big treat for you one of our all-time favorites in the wrestling business ladies and gentlemen so high five Joining the program right now, we have the three-time, three-time, three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, also a Grand Slam winner, television, world tag team, U.S. title, and world title. And according to my partner, ladies and gentlemen, he is the people's champion. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Diamond Dallas Page joins the show. What's going on tonight? Well, dude, I never really realized that I was the... Uh I, I did that. What do you call that? A, uh, what do you call that? A grand slam. Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, but as you were going through that, I was going, yeah, he's right. Well, actually, I'm even bigger than the grand slam because there's only two guys that did that and also were the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And that was just Rhodes and Sting. Of course, Very true. I got my But when I got my shot, it wasn't the same match those guys had. That's what they were <laughs> They, they, they booked this, the, the top guy next to me for the semi-main event was Barbarian. Then it was like uh, the Ice Train and Rocko Rock and Johnny Crunch. It was like, you're going to make me the Lord of the Rings, but you're not going to let me beat anybody, like even not even a Benoit or a, you know, a Raven or any Guerrero or even a Chavo. I mean, it was like, it was like you're kidding, right? You know, but that—that's how they—they they booked me back then. You know, they tried to set me up 
to fail. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, going into that match, it was supposed to be, the Lord of the Rings was supposed to be me, Flair, and uh, uh, Savage. That's how, that's how Sullivan explained it to me a month and a half earlier. When they told me that's where I was going to get my push, I was going to everything, blah, 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 blah. You know, was, I was going to get thrown over the top rope. I skimmed the floor, pulled myself up on the apron. Savage uh, goes, uh, Flair goes to put Savage in the figure four, and as Flair's turning, he kicks him in the ass and sends him over the top rope. Randy thinks he gets a fan rape. I spin him and bang him and get the one, two, three, because it's submission over the top rope and uh, uh, um, submission over the top rope and false, and, and of course, pinfall. So, um, uh, by the time it gets to the show, I'm two weeks out. We can't do Flair and Savage because they've got too much heat on their angle. But Flair had an angle with everyone, with Sting, with Luger. He had a little angle with every single babyface. But uh, they, you know, they, 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 they would, they couldn't give me who was going to be in the match. So me and Canyon actually were out having a beer on my porch. You know, uh, getting tan one day, and he goes, "So what are you going to do for that finish? Uh, what would you like to do?" I said, "He goes, who's in it?" I go, "I have no idea." He goes, "Why don't we come up with a triple diamond cutter finish and uh, get your finish over anyway?" Because then it doesn't matter who's in there. And we actually came up with a way that, you know, I hit three different guys with diamond cutters at the end. One, two, three. One, two, three. And the last guy kicks out, you know, because he's been down there for like. 15 seconds, and wow. uh, and then we do a submission, you know, a, a succession of false finishes, ending with him coming at me. We spin it around, I backdrop over the top rope. So, you know, I know the finish I want to do, and um, uh, I'm waiting, you know, for Sully to tell me who's going to be in the match. I'm talking about the day of the match, and it was tag teams all the way to the end. So he <laughs> knew who was going to be at the end because. Every tag team, do you remember that those matches where it was like tag team squared off and then tag team was eliminated in that? Those two people went to the next round. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, wasn't it like uh, no, it was like the Battle Bowl thing, right? Well, that's what it was. Yeah, it the was ba- Battle Bowl. Bowl. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And, of course, Vince, who had trademarked King of the Ring, he slapped a uh, thing on that, and the Lord of the Rings was done. Even though WCW did it first, they didn't trademark it the way Vince did. So, long story short, um, uh, they knew who the last seven guys with me was going to be, but they wouldn't tell me. So, you know, it got to like, you know, I already know I'm in tag matches with these other two guys, so I have an idea. I'm like, Kevin, you know, pulled Kevin's out of Kev, like, what's the deal? You know, <laughs> who am I going to be with? And he goes, oh, we don't, we haven't really figured it all out yet. You know, I was like, all right, well, uh, how about this? And I give him the finish. I don't care who's in the finish. He goes, all right, all right, sounds good, sounds good. <laughs> so now Arn is the one giving out all the finishes. You know, he's, the, he's the head agent. And uh, he pulls me in, and he goes, so, D, what do you want to do on this finish? So I gave it to him. And he was like, whoa, uh, well, hold on. Man, i got to talk to Kevin about that. And right then, Kevin walked in the door. And... I said, hey, Kev, he, he went to walk in and walk out right away, like just look to see if someone was in there. And I grabbed him. And I, I go, you remember the triple diamond cutter finish? He goes, uh, I, go, I just explained it to Arn. Is that okay? And they both just sort of looked at each other like, well, uh, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. And Arn says, well, hell, you know the finish better than I do. Go, you go give the finish. Now, I'm, that's like monster heat he put on me. 
Like, I got to go tell guys not only how I'm, you know, that I'm going over, but how I'm going to beat them all. <laughs> and that had never heard that ever done in the business ever. And I just walked out there and said, screw it, I'm going for it. I walked up, I, I helped get out of those seven guys, I helped three of them, four of them, get jobs. So maybe they wouldn't even be there without me. So I knew they, they weren't going to be a problem. You know, right. but Barbarian's like considered one of the baddest guys on the planet. You know, and I, I thought he liked me, but you never know. Right. Because you know, ego's a big thing in our business. So I get to the end and, you know, I explain to Barb how he's the last guy. He gets kicks out, goes through accession finishes, and I shoot you in. You spin it around, and I backdrop you over the top rope. And he looks at me and he goes, No, brother. I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, boy. I was like, that's so sweet of you, man. But you already took it. You don't have to do that again. He goes, no, brother. No, brother. It's your time. <laughs> and I, I hugged him. I hugged him. And we went out there, and, you know, we had a hell of a match. And, they, you know, the next day, because that was back when we weren't doing that great of buy rights, uh, buy rights, pay, uh, pay-per-view buy rates. Uh, so, most of the people who watch the show didn't see the pay-per-view. So I went out there, and I said, Flair, you know, Luger, uh, friggin' Road Warriors. I named them all. They all started to try to be the Battle Bowl champion. But there, was, there can only be one. And I put it all around like I beat them all. You know, <laughs> technically, since I got to the end, I did. You know, and I put it all around the diamond cutter, the, my hand sign, the move, the deadliest move on the planet, since they wouldn't give me anybody to beat that was worthy of, of you know, of actually going to help move me up. They only gave me enhancement guys. That's when I started coming up with different ways into the diamond cutter. So that all came out of your statement right there. Yeah, we were just talking before. I asked JJ, I said, do you have a favorite diamond cutter moment? And he said he did, and I said, I've got two. My favorite was on a Saturday night main event, of all places, and it's you and Eddie Guerrero out of the powerbomb uh, into yeah. the diamond cutter. That Eddie blew said, me away. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie came up with it. Eddie I mean, that was amazing. came up to me. He knew that they were, they were pushing me for uh, for the main event with, uh, with Malone, and... Um, you know, me and Malone against Rodman and Hogan, the biggest, one of the biggest buy rates of all time in professional wrestling, mainly because of the crossover of the two, you know? Right. Uh, and then coming off that hot, you know, finals, you know, where the, the Jazz lost to the Bulls, you know, when Jordan hit that falling fadeaway, like, 40-footer, you know, with, like, no time left. So, and Rodman and Hogan were wrestling each other at times for the ball. You know, Rodman missed, he literally, he, he skipped practices to come to film Nitro. I mean, you talk about a rebel. Yes, you know, so we had a lot of steam on that match. And, uh, um, you know, Eddie, you know, he wanted to, you know, put me over on it strong. And he, and he came up to me and he goes, D, you ever, you know, Think of taking out of a power bomb. I go, Eddie, how the hell am I going to do that? I go, you know, your, your junk's going to be in my face. He goes, no, roll me up on your shoulder. I said, okay. I grabbed him and I, I rolled him up on my shoulder. I go, now what do I do? He goes, boost me in the air. So I just did like a half squat, pumped him up. And of course, Eddie just spun around and then he 
I, you know, I got his head, neck in my, you know, my arms, and he just slid down to the ground. And I went, wow, boy, that would be sweet if we could time that. That's the <laughs> only time I ever did it. I did another amazing move with Eddie Guerrero, but I did it with Chavo first. I could only do it with those two guys. Could have done it with Kidman probably, where I used to grab a guy as he came in, as he was coming up the ropes, I would reverse it and take my, instead of grabbing him with my right and my left, hug him, I would bend over and take my left arm across him, uh, take him across from the, uh, sort of like flip him upside down, spin him around, spun him into a spinning power bomb. Was out of my spinning salt though into a, uh, you know, a, a corkscrew power bomb. I'd never done it before with anybody else except for uh, I might have done it with Chavo, but I'm pretty sure it was Eddie that I did it with. I also like the uh, diamond cutter off the top rope on uh, the Giant. Oh God, that was amazing. Now that just shows you how strong that guy is too. Because as I come off, he's got his hand and he's got to flatten me out, and he pushes me out, and we come down, bang. And he freaking you know, choke slam me so many times off that top rope by that point. It was right. like a no brainer. I was going to get choke slammed again. So nobody saw that coming. <laughs> I was telling Trey, I was always a big fan of. Uh, you were the first person I ever saw do like the, the TKO diamond cutter, basically, that Mark Marrow started using oh, shortly I, thereafter. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah, it was just, you know, which I love Mark. He's one of my best friends. So, uh, you know, he's, he's the one who really was the first one out there. He would work with me down at the power plant. We were best friends when I was a manager, and he was just a, a guy coming up. And, um, uh, you know, we were really good buddies. So uh, when he, you know, he actually called me and said, do you care if I use that finish? I was like, kid, go for it. You know, so, uh, but I was, uh, you know, and I made that up with Canyon one day. Canyon was really innovative, you know. It was really cool, you know. Was, you know, I remember one night Canyon was like, it was like the fifth time he had told me about Kidman and how great this kid Kidman is, and if you could just help him out. I go, dude, I've already helped so many guys get jobs. I can't go down there, you know, and tell Bishop another young kid who's got talent, you know, who's five foot nine, you know, and 185 pounds, you know, he's got something. He goes, will you just watch his finish? I said, put it in. So he took the VCR, he stuck it in, and he did that shooting star press he did. And I went, give me the tape. (laughs) (laughs) I rewound it. I rewound it and and brought it down to Bischoff's house. We We bought houses across the street and over the hill from each other by accident. And Dusty Rhodes' wife sold both of them to us. And she just ran into the area. She didn't even really know the area. You know, because uh, um, Atlanta's like a huge, uh, it's like a huge city in the suburbs. And uh, Bischoff was, you know, literally on the other side of the hill. So I walked, you know, over to his house. He's watching TV. It was a Sunday. I waited for the commercial, and I said, you want to see one of the greatest finishes ever? <laughs> he said, sure. He threw it in. He went, wow, what's he doing? I said, looking for a developmental deal. He said, offer him 400 a week. And tell him to be down here next week. He said, and, he's a, and we'll start him up. And that's <laughs> what we did. I mean, I got so many guys jobs like that, you know, where it was just someone, where this guy's got this talent. I mean, Raven, when he was with Scotty the Body coming at WWF, and he was like, oh, boy. You know, we developed the, the Raven gimmick, you know, together. 
him doing all the work, me just being salt and pepper. And then I called Paulie dangerously and said, hey, Scotty has got an awesome gimmick that is so for the times. You know, I was in Germany, and I was watching the MTV Awards. I was a big MTV guy from back way in the day when it first started. I was on MTV a bunch of different times doing things before I was ever a wrestler. I was managing this guy who was a, um, a uh, he's named Smitty, and he was a uh, visual comedian. He was really amazing. So I had a lot of relationships with MTV, so I really watched, and uh, just, that was so hip. You know, sort of like with Saturday Night Live today in so many ways. I noticed that the MTV Music Awards, really Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith were the only two bands that were from my generation. This new generation of the 90s had all these grunge bands that I'd never really heard of. I'd heard their music, but they were all so new to me, from Nirvana to Green Day to whatever, and... I was coming back from there, and I, I'd seen a buddy of mine when I got back from Germany, um, and uh, he's a big, music, uh, big musician and booker of bands, uh, probably the biggest booker in New Jersey. And Kim was with us, and he picked us up at the airport, and uh, I was telling him about the MTV Music Awards and you know how these grunge kids, I mean, they don't really have anyone in wrestling that, um, you know, that, they can, you know, that they can look up to or they can identify with. And I said, God, who can we get to do that? And Kimberly goes, Scotty would be perfect. And I went, I'm going to give him a call. And I gave him a call, <laughs> ran the idea by him. And I said, now cut me some promos, and then we'll get that character down, and then I'll call Paul Lee. And then we'll see, tell, tell Paul Lee, because really, that was the infancy stages of, uh, of ECW. And so, you know, Paul Lee was looking for any talent that he could try to do something with. He was so talented. And um, Scotty would call me up, and he'd start with that little bit of dark promo that he did. And the next, you know, he'd go in, boy, I'd just hang up the phone. Anytime he'd slip into that black kid dropped in a white kid's body, I'd fucking hang up the phone. (laughs) That wasn't the the Raven character. And then when he started with, what about me, what about Raven, that type of attitude, I was like, now you got it. I go, this character is you. You know, and I called Paul up and you know told him about it and uh, and then Paul um, uh, Paul um, ended up uh, you know um, using Raven really huge and, and then was time for him to come he came you know Paul, that was Paul one of my was, that was one of my favorite feuds of all time in, in WCW was you and Raven it was a lot of fun you know it was a lot of fun. Because you never knew who was going to come out on top, and I can remember, yeah, you know, I, I, very few wrestlers do I have a moment with my dad because my dad got me started watching wrestling, and as wrestling became what it is today, of course, dad stopped watching. But every once in a while, if I could get him to sit down and watch with me, um, I would point out my favorite people, and I can remember one night it was a Raven DDP match on Nitro. And I said, I'm trying to explain to my dad who each guy is. And my dad says, oh, this is a no contest. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, the guy with the blonde hair looks like he knows how to fight for his supper. (laughs) 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 I said, well, that's DDP. That's the guy I'm pulling for. He was like, well, he'd beat that guy 10 out of 12 times. You know, I, I can still remember, I guess, when you guys were having the feud over the U.S. title, uh, when he had pretty much stolen the title from you, and he was doing that guest spot. I guess you were on MTV, and uh, yeah, I was on MTV. 
you were promoting the Stuck Mojo video, and then he came out from the crowd and hit you upside the head with the stop sign. Yo, dude, and it was it wasn't one of the big ones. It was so hard. <laughs> it was a smaller one, so he might as well just hit me with a piece of steel. And wow. it was the best. But nobody knew what was happening except for the producer and me. And um, God, I can't remember his name now. What's his, what's the host there? The uh, the guy's got his own show on the oh, voice now. Carson Daly. Yeah, Carson Daly. Carson was really cool. And uh, and David Grohl, it scared him so bad he jumped up on the lap of the uh, you know his drummer. And <laughs> that, that, that's a really funny bit. And then you know, I don't think David Grohl had really paid attention to wrestling before. I don't think he realized I'd stolen his whole riff. You know, from, from Nirvana, you know, but uh, he never busted my balls on it as far as, you know, trying to, uh, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make me stop using it, even though they couldn't because we just changed the note. And yeah. uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot like it, but it's not it. So that's how you get around shit like that. Well, you know, around so how did that come about? I mean, does that step with the song was a song you just, you liked? Or, I mean, I've always wanted because we were talking about, uh, wrestling entrance music and i was telling jj from experience being a wcw mark that i was and going to so many nitros that when that music hit man there there's very few music wrestling songs that when they hit the crowd exploded like they did for your for your entrance music for ddp yeah and uh i gotta thank jimmy hart for that because um, you know, I went down to work with Jimmy. You know, I don't know if you know that Jimmy Hart actually had a number one hit with a band called The Gentries. Back in the 60s, Jimmy was a one-hit wonder, <laughs> and um, you know, which is an amazing feat. You know, nobody wants to be a one-hit wonder, but there's billions of bands out there, literally probably billions, that would kill to be oh, a yeah. one-hit wonder. You know? And uh, he... Uh, yeah, I went down to him and he goes, so what do you think speaks to who you are as a character? I said, I tell you what, I really love this Nirvana shit, man. I go, I, 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 there, was, there was two songs, it was between two of them at the time. And um, I, um, I chose Smells Like Teen Spirit over the other one. And, and I just said, let's put in Self High Five. And you want to know where Self High Five came from? And this, yes. I never really told anybody this. There was a new show that was coming on TV, and it was a promo for the show that I don't think lasted three or six shows. I don't remember what the show is, but I'll guarantee you the guy who actually did it, he went, he said, give me five. He went, went, sell five, five. And I went, oh, my God, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm famous. But I took it from that promo. So whoever wrote that, if they have some friend who's a wrestling fan, he'd say, "Fuck, that was my stuff. He stole it." I thought because I remember WCW in the day. You know, you had you coming out to uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." And Jericho was coming out to to Pearl Jam, and I always wondered how that came about. Yeah, well, Jericho again, great. You know, he's a great musician in his own rank. You know. Uh, and he's with the Stuck Mojo boys, you know, Rich and him. And, you know, Rich, uh, who was the, the not the lead singer, but the lead guitarist of Stuck Mojo, and actually was married to Daphne before she was ever in the business. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I was just, last summer I was at a um, Rob Zombie concert, because uh, Rob was in Atlanta, so my buddy uh, who actually helped me develop YRG, um, I call him the Yoga Doc, uh, great guy. Uh, he's really, he, he plays in bands himself, and uh, and I um, I had uh, come in to get us backstage passes and get us all hooked up and everything, and, uh, and uh, I saw Rich at the concert, and he said, dude, I could never repay you for what you did for me. You know, getting my stuff on MTV and all that, you know, and, you know, being a part of the video. He was like, he was, he was, he helped me live a dream. And now I'm doing this stuff with Jericho and stuff. Uh, you know, he goes, he goes, I just never repay you. He's just so grateful. It's so many, so few people are grateful. You know, it's so, much, so few people you help. Very few remember. And I got to tell you, there's three guys that once they left the company, that actually called me and thanked me. Like Ray Lloyd is one of the guys, Glacier. I mean, I, Eric came up with that whole gimmick for the for the Mortal Kombat guys, but I was in charge of it all. I mean, nobody knew about it but me and him and the costume designer and the boys. You know, the, 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 the bookers did not know, and that's the only reason why it didn't get over, because they didn't know, and they were mad as hell. <laughs> oh my God! I had so much heat from that. But you know, when, when when your boss and your best friend said, "Don't tell anyone," you do what you're told. Right. <laughs> you know, and and that that's how shit gets over. I mean, with Pillman, they Bishop or Pillman. Pillman was one of my best friends. Never smartened me up that they that him and Sullivan were were in Bishop about I quit Booker Man. You know, it was a work. But then it became a shoot. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it started as a work. But nobody knew except for Disco kept going, it's a work, it's a work. <laughs> and I walked up to him and I go, you know what, monkey, maybe you should shut the fuck up because if it is, you might not, should not be saying that. Right. You know, but I, I really didn't think it was. You know, I, I just talked to Pillman earlier that day. I was like, dude, you got to calm down. You know, they're going to, Bishop's going to have to, he likes you, man. But he's going to have to fire you because you're out of control. <laughs> you know? Tillman was a guy. He was his own animal, boy. I loved him, boy. I loved him a lot. Uh, but um, now we're up on 10 different subjects. I don't remember where we started on this one. <laughs> uh, well, I, I wanted to segue real quick. Uh, you were just talking, we were talking a few minutes ago about the uh, whole stop sign uh, thing on MTV that Raven did with you. And, uh, Man, I tell you what, I actually, I actually trained to wrestle back in '98 briefly and had a match or two, and I remember having a hardcore match with, with my best friend, and we did a spot with a stop sign, and uh, you know, I guess I was stupid and didn't get my hand up in time, and he waffled the shit out of me with that stop sign, put all of his weight. I remember waking up, I was in a figure four. We <laughs> <laughs> agree, but I tell you what, I never put my hand up either. Yeah, I just took it. You know, I tried to get towards the front of your head, which is really screwed up. That's why they tried to stop the chair shot. Right. You know, but, um, you know, God, I mean, how many chair shots has there been in professional wrestling before they stopped them? You know, it just goes because it got out of control. Um, but, you know, if it was a big stop sign and you got it in the middle and he had the outside edges, it, it hurt. But it wasn't like what well, you probably had a smaller stop sign. Oh, this this and was a big that one. Hurts like crazy. This this was a pretty big one. He literally had like all of his weight on the on the corners, coming down, and you know he hit me right in the top of the friggin' head, and it, like I, I 
I swear, no. I, I, I thought I couldn't see anything for a second. I think I blacked out, but I just remember being in the figure four after that. <laughs> Crazy no, stuff. I, I, I've, woke, I've, I've woken up plenty of places backstage, and <laughs> down on the floor or whatever, because if I got knocked out and my last match, you know, my best match on the show, WrestleMania was my last big match, but then the following uh, Monday, I had, they, they, they took the title off me and gave it to Regal, and they said they were going to start giving me my push. They were going to go, they had it beaten me. They're going to fucking you know, let me start hitting guys with diamond cutters. And that's where it was going to grow. And Bobby Holly and I were in this match, and he didn't get that name hardcore for nothing. I mean, he was so stiff. And I lit him up in the, you know, in the corner, never touched him, barely. He looked like I ripped his head off, threw him in a turnbuckle. I said, give me a boot. And he didn't extend his leg till my face got there. And it jacked my jaw, and my neck was so screwed up to begin with. I have a picture of my neck. It's really scary. Um, but that's um, uh, what YRG can do as far as keeping me limber. It's crazy, all the stuff that I can do as beat up as my body is. Um, but uh, um, he which knocked me for a loop, and it took my timing off. So if Bob Holly or Bradshaw or... Um, or Stan Hansen, the three baddest clotheslines in the planet to try to kill you, uh, came at me. I'm most nine times, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to be gone. As it's coming to me, it's both is going to touch me as the wind. But because Bobby jacked my jaw, he set my timing off and you know knocked me out a little. And he hit me with that clothesline, and that did knock me out. Oh, so I whiplash myself, and now I have no idea where I am in the match. I wake up, you know, like out on my feet, and there is a uh, red light. I can see, okay, I'm in an arena. Red light's on me. That means we're live. Okay, I'm wrestling Bob Holly. I can see him. I have no idea where we are in the match. I just go, Bobby, I have no idea where I am. You knocked me out, dude. And he slammed me. And he said, stop me, going off the top. So he went to go up to the top rope. I figured, okay, he wants me, oh, that's right. I'm going to to dive on the rope, then I'm going to suplex him. Okay. But I'm on Queer Street. I dive on the ropes. He nut shots himself. I climb up the first rope. I climb up the second. I put my left foot up on the third. And I go, I'm not going to put my other foot up there. I'm going to stay right here. i got to get this sucker flat. But even though he didn't really take care of my body, I always took care of everybody out there. And I picked him up, and I started back, and I was so focused on laying him flat that I landed on the back of my shoulders and literally jackknifed myself. Wow. And I thought I broke my neck. It shot down my hands and my feet and you know, lightning bolts, and I thought, oh, my God, I broke my neck. Oh, my God, oh, my God, please, please, please. And, you know, like, oh, God, do I start doing my fingers moving a little, my toes, like, oh, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. You know, and in the meantime, I'm hearing Bob going, oh. <laughs> what the hell is he bitching about? I know I laid him flat, you know. And then uh, he goes, "You hurt?" I go, "Yeah, man, my neck." I, I said, "Let's just go home." So we went home, went to the back, and he came walking up to me and he said, uh, "Man, I'm sorry I kicked you in the face like that, man." And I was like, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, it's not checkers, you know." And uh, he goes, "But I got you with that clothesline. I know I got you with that clothesline because I thought I tore my bicep." Now, Bobby had like 19, eight, you know, 19, 19 and a half inch arms. He was huge. And yeah. he had a mark on the lower part of his bicep going into his elbow. 
is you know, right, it's, it, where it would you know lace into your your tendons, and there was a huge mark that had to be my chin. And he said, you hit me. And he said, when I came through, he goes, I thought I tore my bicep on your face. <laughs> and I said, yeah, thanks. I remember that now. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, but you got me back. And all the boys are listening to this whole conversation. I'm like, I got you back, huh? I go, how did I get you back? He said, when you suplexed me, it was your foot came across so fast so hard it hit me in the dick so hard I thought my dick was on fire <laughs> oh that's good stuff now so I almost broke my, I almost broke my neck and that's the first time I actually retired and Vince wanted me to be a color commentator but I was just I was done you know I just I, I just needed to get away from wrestling for a while and I did then I went back to some independence you know, and came out of retirement for a couple of those. I went back to TNA and, and came out of retirement there. Then went back to retirement for another couple of years. And then I came back out. And my last match was uh, at 53 years old on January 3rd of 2010. Because when I tried wrestling when I was a kid, I was 22. I was 1978. So in the 70s, as bad as it was, I did wrestle. Probably a lot like your first match. Um <laughs> In the 80s, I was managing guys, and I managed uh, Big Steamboat, um, who would become Typhoon in the WWF, and he lost to Dick Slater. So he, Dick Slater got five minutes with DDP. Dusty Rhodes said it was the worst thing he had ever seen. Uh, so in the 80s, I wrestled. In the 90s, I became a legend. In 2000, I did, you know, I had some pretty decent matches, a few of them. Uh, and then 2010, I had this tag match with these guys, and I went in there, and I started doing my thing, man, and the whole building started chanting, you still got it, you still got it, you still got it. And I was like, I ain't got shit, man. I, I got <laughs> this you know, and, and I'm doing some simple stuff. But there was one point where I snapped married the guy out, because the two young guys had clusters screwed up the match in the corner and and so I snapped man him out of it so now he's sitting in the middle of the match and I'm not going to walk up and kick him or grab him I got to do something because I just did all this flurry of stuff so I jumped through the air grabbed his head did that Mr. Perfect thing and as I'm flying through the air I'm like why are you taking this bump you idiot to myself <laughs> all you got to do is give him somebody a diamond card that's all I want to see but you know it was that, it was that success with that move that got the ball chant and I got up I went I got out of this queen tag me out don't bring me in till the finish <laughs> <laughs> now earlier you were talking about YRG keeping you uh, limber and everything well, let's talk a little bit about YRG I know you've got the big extravaganza the big retreat going down in Mexico at the El Dorado Spa and Resort this place can I live there because I mean this place looks amazing <laughs> it is amazing I mean yeah, we're talking uh, all-inclusive, even the room service? Room service, the mini bar, the food. This is, an, this is top shelf. This is, if you've never treated yourself, this is five-star. And when, when you find a resort that's five-star, I mean, three-and-a-half stars is really, really nice. Four-star is awesome. Five-star is its own animal. And there's five five-star restaurants in the place. And I'm going to be doing the, the workouts are part of it. I'm doing cooking classes and baking classes to show people how to eat healthier that taste unbelievable. So it's literally, it's a lifestyle change that people are going to get to 
firsthand on how I do and live the life that I live. I still like to have my wine, and I still like to have, you know, my tequila once, you know, margaritas once in a while, but I make the cleanest, healthiest, best-tasting margaritas you've ever had in your life. But at this, uh, in, you know, food is a part of it, um, uh, the food, everything. And you could go for as little as six hundred and seventy-five bucks for that's for the four days and the three nights. I went at a time where I got the best deal. A lot of people ain't got a lot of money right now, you know. Uh, there's also a package if you wanted to go for four nights, but it's all there on DiamondDollarsPage.com. You can see the video of all of the place. And I just want to put it out there for the wrestling fans. Let them know they want to come down because you know people spend a lot more than that when they go to some of these, uh, um, you know. Uh, uh, what are called reunions, uh, wrestling reunions and stuff. And this is going to be like personal time with Diamond Dallas Page, you know, that we'll be with the group, but the people that I've got in this group, people that are coming are cool as hell. And, every, and everybody is just uh, a treat to be around. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a healthier lifestyle that I teach, and you can do whatever you want. You know, uh, I just, at 55, this is, you know, I just turned 55 April 5th. This is the year of the diamond cutter. I'm in the process of taking YRG back from the company uh, that I was partners with, which is part of Warner Brothers, back to myself so I can do so many things that I've been wanting to do with this program because I've had some of the most amazing results. I never developed YRG to lose weight, yet I have people who've lost hundreds of pounds, yeah. people, persons. Uh, if you go to diamonddallaspage.com, there's two amazing videos there. One is this, this able veteran, Arthur Borman. Arthur. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah, four and a half years ago. That go well, actually four years. Well, it started four and a half. It was, it was January of 2007 that that video was started. And nine months later, you see what the transformation is. Today, Arthur is doing things that I can't do, and I see him do them like... A full-on split. First of all, let me explain something to wrestling fans. There's not a person who's not listening, or there's not a person who's listening who doesn't know who Rob Van Dam is. And everybody knows how flexible Rob Van Dam is. Right. Do you know how many times Rob, in his 22 years, has been hurt? How many times he has been put out of commission? Do you know how many times he's doing all the crazy stuff he does? I can think of one time for like a blown knee, I think. He broke his ankle, didn't he? No, no. Only tore his knee. And that's a guy who at 40 years old right now, and he's been doing it since he was 18, that's some of the craziest shit that I've ever seen. Right. You know, and, yeah, I mean, boy, he does the freaking, just stick the drop kick with the chair from one end of the ring to the other 20 feet. All right, that's just one one of the you know the springboard off the ropes flips suton flip. I don't even know, I don't know what the hell you call from the stuff that he does. I mean, he's a gymnast. You know, he's amazing. At two hundred and thirty five pounds, he's not you know Ray Mysterio, who's amazing, but Ray's you know a buck ninety, buck eighty five at the most, five foot four. You know, Ray, you know, uh, RBD is a legitimate heavyweight. And he's an amazing cat. I, I, I never really was friends with him until I got out of the business. And now he's one of my buddies. We hang and do his radio shows, and I just love the guy. He's a great guy. He's very inspirational. Yeah. Um, really, really uh, appreciate him. But there's a guy, if you want to look at, flexibility is youth. 
I took him through my YRG workout. Uh, right now, if you go to DiamondDollarsPage.com, up there is DDP TV. Now, everything from all my YRG to my team YRG, everything's on DiamondDollarsPage.com. I've consolidated all on one page. But you can also go to DDPTV.com if you just wanted to go to that. Right now, I've got the um, – I'm sure you want to get to this uh, – um, the uh, tribute to the Macho Man up there. But it's not just the tribute. Underneath that, only on DiamondDallasPage.com, uh, I should say at DDPTV.com, is all of the feud. You won't find that on YouTube anywhere but on Diamond Dallas, uh, on uh, DDPTV, because that's one blog with 20 videos in it. And it's I've amazing. done my my tribute to Mach a year earlier. Like, when I started DDP-TV, which is a blog that I put out a minimum of once every 10 days. Sometimes I put out three in a week. Um, I won't put up one for a little while now because I just want to leave that Macho one up there for a little while longer, uh, which will always be there. You just got to go back and find it. Um, I started with, instead of starting at the beginning of my career, I started with what brought me to the dance. And that was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, you know, me dropping the NWO in New Orleans in 1997. I believe it was February of 97. I could be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it's pretty close, though. Um, and then it went right into Savage attacking me from behind when, you know, the uh, uh, Hall, Nash, and X-Pac uh, you know, surrounded the ring, and he hit me from behind and, you know, painted me and dropped that elbow. And I was so excited about him dropping the elbow because here's the match. He's doing an angle. He's not just beating me. You know, he's doing an angle, dropping the elbow. This is huge. So I'm laying there, knocked out, thinking this is going to be huge for my career. And then he landed on me. And I thought the whole left side of my body was going to explode out the side with all my, you know, my lungs and kidneys and liver and i mean because when Mach went off the top rope he landed on you and he crushed you and i knew he had to do it again i ended up pissing blood 13 out of 16 weeks wow. over that period that's wow. how bad my kidneys i was like much please like land on my stomach will you you know and then one time in in, in the footage you know that i have all on ddptv.com um, in that footage, um, I have a picture of when he landed on my face mm -hmm. and, I, and there's a whole story that goes with that. You know, um, I'm not, you gotta go there and listen to it, but, um, it, uh, you know, my face swelled up like Alvin, the chipmunk on my right side. Yeah. And that, that, night, that, that next morning when he came in, cause they were mad as hell. Cause I, I mean, what I did at the end of that match, unconscious, you know, and I won't get into the detail, but basically I told them they'll both go fuck off right after he beat me, but I woke up backstage. I don't remember any of it. They really, to hear the details of the story, you got to go to ddptv.com and listen to it. It's amazing. And, One of my uh, favorite promos out of that whole thing is from the DDP collection of many promos you cut. It was just one thing you said at the very end of the promo with Macho Man that kind of started the whole thing was... You know, you're saying that he's in the crowd talking to you and you're talking back to him and then he delivers his line and you think that's the end of it and you grab the microphone and you say, you know, you bring that bimbo Liz because uh, you bring, the tr I'm bringing the lady, you bring the tramp. 
That's awesome because, you know, that was the end of the promo. He was supposed to say that. And you could see Cheats like about to cut it off and at the microphone. And what what you you'll remember now that I said this, and out of nowhere I just went, Well macho and, <laughs> yeah. and if I really would have realized the people how much they came on that, I might have done thirty seconds of macho. You know, I, I always was, thought that was unscripted. Yeah. It was totally unscripted. And I said, you better bring that little bimbo Liz with you. And I got the people up again. And I said, since I'll be bringing the lady, you might as well bring the tramp. <laughs> what did he say? I get chills just thinking about that. It was like. That was, was so intense, moment. though. I mean, you believed. I mean, I can remember sitting on my couch when they spray painted Kimberly with the NWO. And just the look, and the cool thing about your promos, like I was telling JJ, I think I even said this on the show last week when we were talking about bringing you on, my favorite promo guys aren't the guys that have to scream and yell to get their point across. It's just like the Jake Roberts, if I'm calm and I'm talking to you like this, it's what I say to you in this tone of voice that you really need to take to heart because that means I am beyond pissed off and this is serious. Let me, let, let, let me read you this one. I, I got so many of these. If, uh, you know, that kids who see that, like, I, I, I did that whole feud week after week after week after week on DDPTV.com uh, and I would put it out there. So I always try to get people to subscribe to that. I've got thousands of people that have subscribed on YouTube. I'm like, guys, you're not getting the whole thing. You got to go to DDP TV because what I'm talking about is there. And I can't, these things are, aren't, I'm not loading these things down. Other people have loaded them down. I just have them, I take, you know, I use them, you know, because there's right. so much unbelievable stuff on YouTube, you know. Um, but here, anybody who would catch every once in a while, you know, uh, someone will send some, you know, that they'll get sent to me what someone wrote. And this kid had writ, uh, read this, um, I don't remember how long ago it was, but he wrote, the DDP slash Savage Feud made this jaded 17-year-old kid who was trying to break into wrestling, thought he knew everything about the full sport of pro wrestling. I sat down and thought, well, is this feud real? These two guys really hate each other. I knew Savage was nuts, and I knew the double tough in a mile wide. I remember watching the street fight on Scramble because I couldn't afford to see it live. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of shit where you go, man, it was. I mean, Savage had a feud with everyone, but I know, you know that Savage... Uh, Jake Roberts' feud was unbelievable, and Jake's one of my mentors and has been one of my closest friends for years. And, uh, you know, when he wrapped Savage up in the ropes and had that cobra literally gnawing on him, because cobras don't and bite. They bite and they gnaw. They yeah. gnaw on you. And they don't, they, and I know this because he lost the son of a bitch in my house one night where he got out of the tub and went up under the sink. You know, I mean, it was a really big deal. Uh, I wrote about it in Positively Page. 
and made Kimberly made him leave after that. And he's literally <laughs> like, he's out or I'm out. You know? <laughs> Dallas, your friends and their pets have to leave now. Oh wow! Yeah, like that cobra pet. Twelve, it was like a nine-foot black cobra. Uh, and then he took off on a bender for like three days. That was the big deal, you know. So, how's he doing now? Uh, he's actually doing really good. Last time I talked to him, really doing good. You know, I'm trying to get him booked on anything that I'm doing, um, you know, just to get him a payoff and stuff uh, because, uh, you know, he's Jake Roberts and, you know, he's had a bad rep, you know, because of different shows and missing things. But, you know, he's turned it around right now. I believe he's actually turned a corner. Good. So, uh, Always one of my personal favorites. Oh, he's awesome. Awesome promo. You know, a lot of, I studied hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Jake Roberts. And there's a lot of Jake Roberts and Diamond Dallas Page, but there's some Terry Funk, there's some Mr. Perfect, there's some Randy Savage, there's some Dusty Rhodes, which, Dusty you know, Rhodes. all came around. Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. <laughs> that you know, we were all right, JJ, you got to do it. You got you got to do your Dusty Rhodes for having Dallas Page. Oh, you want me to do my Dusty impersonation for? for yeah, you got to do it now. Let, let me see your impersonation. Baby, you're listening to Retinue Live right here on the SNS Radio Network, and baby, we got Diamond Dallas Page on the line. Oh my goodness! Walking <laughs> like a monkey, the power, power, the man of the hour. Ooh, too sweet to be sour. Everybody right. stole that. That was Dusty who came up with that. And, you know, I mean, everybody stole that. <laughs> Even getting funky like a monkey. That's Dusty Rhodes. You know, oh, yeah. If you want to see this awesome WWE product, get the um, the Dusty Rhodes story. The, the videos is amazing. And then get the, super, get the Superstar one, too. They only did one DVD on Superstar, but, man, Superstar, boy, he was mm. so far ahead of his time, man. And boy, he could talk. Oh my God! I mean, like that was one of the greatest talkers ever. Those two together, they were electric. Now, I mean, that was some of the greatest stuff I ever saw. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't Savage also use the the funky like a monkey, the Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour? Oh yeah, oh yeah, look at him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, like I said, a lot of people who ripped off the dream, man. Even the Macho Man. I think my favorite macho one is when he's talking about, he comes out, and I don't even know what he's talking about. I mean, which, but you didn't most of the time with, with Savage. That was, was so great. But he was, he cut a promo about getting a condominium on the moon. Yeah. Well, I know, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't what Mach ever said, even though there was actually made sense to him. It was how he said it. And you knew whoever that guy was at Angle. When me and him were doing our Angle, you knew exactly what he was saying. Oh yeah, you know, and I think that was—I think that was one of the most real or based ones. And you know, um, Lanny Lanny Papo, I got to talk to him when Randy died, and I hadn't talked to Lanny in a long time. But you know, um, he uh, he really shared with me some stuff about Mach and and told me that he really you know he loved working with me. He said he really you know he he, he was he was blown away by my charisma and my work ethic, you know, and attention to detail. And, uh, you know, coming from Savage, you know, who was the detail master. Um, and, you know, for you think what Savage did, you know, being on top for all those years. And, I mean, he could have been out there making, you know, I know people want to offer him 15, 20 grand for autograph stuff because he never went out. He just didn't care. He didn't need the money. He didn't need it. Yeah, you know, he just wanted to be done with it, you know. And uh, he told 
Lanny told me that there wasn't going to be a service and stuff, that he was going to get cremated, and he had a dog, you know, his name's Hercules, and when they cremated him, they spread his ashes next to this beautiful tree in, um, uh, in Seminole County. And uh, Randy, when he, um, when he, you know, spread his ashes, he said, Lanny, and this is Lanny doing much. He says, Lanny, when I die, I don't want any big fanfare. I don't want any of that. I want you to just burn me, grab my ashes, and spread them right here with Hercules. And Lanny's like, you want me to spread your ashes next to your dog? And he said, if it's good enough for my dog, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so much. And and he also told me, he said, he said, he said, Diamond, do you know what Mach's biggest regret was? And I, 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 if, if I thought I did, I wouldn't have answered that question. You know, I just listened, right. you know, because who knows, you know. Yeah, I, I could be anything. And he said, uh, that he ever gave that name to that girl, Gorgeous George, because there was only one Gorgeous George. I mean, you know, Hulk is humongous, and, you know, he what he did for our business is, you know, unbelievable. But Gorgeous George is the guy who started it all. He's the one that was so far ahead of the curve. Oh, yeah. insane. And, and uh, it, you know, what ended up happening was, and Lanny told me that, you know, Mach was trying to come up with gimmicks, you know, to cover his work rate not being as good as it was. Like, for me, his work rate was, that was that was the apex of his career. That was the last big feud that he had, and to go out the way he did with us, you know, as physical as he did was amazing. And because he had beat the hell out of his body for over 25 years. And he said that... Um, you know, it was a big regret about the Gorgeous George thing. So, um, you know, Lanny had said to me, he said, you have to understand, Diamond. Um, he said that um, what Mach did for you is what Gorgeous George did for our dad. Mm. And I was like, wow. And um, he's, like, uh, he's like, yeah. So Mach actually was turning the Macho Man site, if you go there right now, it'll take you to a Gorgeous George site that they were going to, like, really pimp out, like, totally, like, do a monster tribute. But they just got it up and got it started. And Lanny told me that he activated it the day before he died. And uh, I asked Lanny, I said, Lanny, do you mind if I, you know, tell these stories? He's like, no. He goes, Diamond, he goes, you can say whatever you want because... I know whatever you say will come from the heart. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, but uh, very cool of him to say that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a rough uh, couple weeks here, would you say, J.J., on the network after Macho Man passed away? Yeah, you know, I, I usually do a show on Fridays that, you know, basically deals with SmackDown, and I talk a little video gaming and stuff, and I literally was, you know, Macho Man, was one of the guys that I originally started watching, you know, growing up in the 80s, and was one of the first characters that I identified with um, because I loved his outlandish promos. Uh, the guy was so athletic. And in terms of a guy that could work, I mean, he was the workhorse for the WWF for, for many years and just always one of my favorites. And I was, I was crushed 
uh, when he died that Friday morning. I literally did my show on Friday and just did a, a Macho Man tribute. I had callers calling in and giving their favorite moments, and it was just it was an emotional day. You know, I'd never met Randy Savage. I've been close a couple times, but uh, he was someone that I, I always idolized, so it was, it was a shame. Well, you know, so many people, there were so many amazing comments um, on my tribute. Uh, I, mean, I got them all, I read them all. And uh, they, um, so many people said that I feel like part of my childhood just died. Yes. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of people that were, you know, really attached, uh, you know, to him. So, um, you know. I think there's a lot of people came out. I see Warrior came out and did one. Warrior did one like 20 minutes telling stories and stuff. <laughs> um, I didn't see Brett's, um, but um, I really loved the way my, my buddy, uh, Matt Giorgio, put together the video footage and stuff. Yours was you know, amazing. That, uh, Yours was absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt amazing. I mean, I stayed up. Yeah, it was, I stayed up from, it was, I want to say like 3 o'clock in the morning when I found it, and I was up till daylight watching you and savage again watching all that stuff and it was all you know i condensed it enough that it was all there and i actually didn't have halloween havoc the last match and i called a buddy of mine who um who uh you know does a lot of editing he's a huge fan and he had all my stuff but i didn't have the halloween havoc stuff so he had to find it and he put it to the dark night and uh you know ended with that and uh you know put it all you know, full circle, the the whole feud all the way through. And uh, it was, uh, it, it, you know, sometimes I just go back and watch. I go, God, that was so good. You know, you know, we got, we got the very best of Nitro. So I was a little, I was a little bummed that, you know, cause Matt and I really never worked on it, except for, I wanted them to put the damn La Parker match in there. Yes. And they were like, well, you know, it's, it's not that really a big deal. I'm like, dude, that was a humongous pop. That was a they told big me they were deal. Gonna put it in this little, yeah, but they didn't want they didn't want to put that one in there, you know. For some reason, they, they didn't think it was that big. I should have fought for it more, you know. Now I look at it, you know. But they it was mainly because why did you do that? Because they weren't really giving any of the feud part, you know, to make it make sense. But there's so much unbelievable footage there. If you know, I think it's really well done. The very best of Nitro. It comes on sale June uh, June seventh, and uh, I was really happy with how my. Uh, my interviews in between the matches came off. It was, you know, really, really well done. I thought, you know, um, I, I rewrote a lot of what they gave me, and then they, they, they asked me if I would mind saying a few different things. I was like, sure. I mean, they were great, and really, really hard to pick all the matches that they ended up picking, which are really tough because there's 1,900 hours, you know, and really the very best of Nitro was 97 and 98. But you got to do ninety five to two thousand one, right? So you know, you know, I don't remember the year. I don't remember the year, but I told you this on the phone when we first talked. I, you know, and I'm not, I, I, I'm a wrestling fan. Not I don't go as far back as my partner does to the Macho Man days. I, I, I watched then, but I wouldn't consider myself a diehard until the early nineties. And not that I wish any ill will on you, but I mean, should something happen to you or a sting, that would be one that would probably devastate me because you guys are what made me a wrestling fan full, full force. And I can remember 
being such a big DDP. I still have my DDP T-shirt. I won't lie. I still, <laughs> I, I I have it, and I, I'm like, I I told you on the phone that you know we've been doing this show for 15 years, and I have a list that we call the bucket list of people I want to interview before I die or retire, whichever comes first. And you're on this list. Now I get to scratch that off and I'm thankful for that. But you know, we've done like three, we've done three or four names out of just this year alone. And I'm thankful for that. And I was always a big DDP fan. Like my partner said in your intro to me, you were, and will always be, the people's champ because I was a WCW guy that just went to the WWE after WCW closed down. Um, but I was a huge diamond Dallas page fan. You and sting were my guys. And I grew up watching sting in mid South when I was a kid. And you know, the night that I was so mad at you because I mean, I know it's the business, but the sh- we weren't doing a show then, and to me, I can still be mad at people. <laughs> I, I didn't have to be blind. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to tell it like it is. I could hold a grudge back then. But the night that Nitro kicked off, and Sting won the World Heavyweight Championship, and then you won it in the main event to end the night, I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was like, why in the hell would DDP do something like that? That's not like DDP. You know, my roommate was like, he, my roommate had to explain to me, it's all about the title, man. It's all about the title. (laughs) Do do, do you know that that was the last time when when, when, when I put Sting over for the world title? That was the last quarter hour. At WCW beat the WWF. Wow, I didn't that know was that. The last uh, it was. Uh, and we had that rating, and then, uh, you know, the, 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 the title switched, and people flipped over, and, you know, and after that, it was all WWF, uh, WWF winning all, all the wars at that point until, until the very end. And I tell you, I never thought, if Ted Turner owned that company, that never would have happened. Oh no! But because a guy named Jamie Kilner, who's a total douchebag from Warner Brothers, uh, uh, who didn't have his job much longer after that, <laughs> just happens to be. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he totally, you know, he did not want to be the wrestling show. And Eric Bischoff was in the process of buying the company, and literally had the money raised, had it all done, it was done, and he wanted to bring it to Fox. And uh, wow. wrestling was so hot, you know, when it was hot. And um, the WCW would not sell, Turner would not sell a WCW to them, to him, unless he guaranteed a 10-year contract on, you know, with uh, TBS. And that's what killed the deal. Because when Kilmer saw he was, why would you commit to 10 years of television to any program? And, Let alone a company and, that doesn't want you on their programming. Yeah, well, it's been the number one show on our on our television for the last twenty seven years. Maybe that's why. You know, yeah. And his attitude was that we're not going to be the wrestling channel anymore. Right. You know, and 
TBS has never been at the top of the ratings or TNT like we were with us ever again. <laughs> no. no, they even went so far as to cut Braves baseball out. I mean, they were they were a dominant television station, a dominant force in television for a long, long time with wrestling and Braves baseball, and they got rid of both. But, you know, that, that, that guy got fired not too long after that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know. I, I, if I ever would have thought in a million years that it wouldn't have been around, like I had always planned on going to the WWF no matter what. I mean, that's where all my, you know, dreams ended. You know, that's where I was going. And, um, and I, I didn't think it would be the way it was, but, you know, again, it was, you know, I was seen as part of the, you know, the problem that almost killed those guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> was the guy who got over. <laughs> and again, you know, if Vince, if Vince, didn't, crea- if Vince didn't create you, he was going to kill you. Yeah, you know, like, it was what it was. I, I, I made it a bad mistake. I, I went in there thinking this is going to be great, you know, and there's no such thing in, in any entertainment business. You know, everybody's always trying to stab somebody, so... It is what it is. You know, I had an awesome, 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 you know, uh, uh, career. Um, I'm so glad that the tree huggers took the WWF trademark away and made the WWE because that world title that they, you know, put on the Miz or Gordon or whoever's wearing it at the time, that's our title. That just says WWE right now. (laughs) It's our belt. I and feel the same way. Well, it's, it's the same thing. The only thing it doesn't have, it doesn't have the bend in it that the original has. And I got that one hanging on my door, and I bring it to autograph signings and all that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and, and theirs seems like it's a little bit smaller as well. I don't know about that. I think it's the same thing. It's hmm. the ca- same cast, but. Really? Tell who, us, knows, who knows? Tell the story. Uh, you told me this personally, but tell the story of the night that you woke up, Kimberly, to tell her about this amazing idea you had for a debut in the WWE. Well, I met Brock, and uh, we, we were at a pay-per-view. I just came back from filming Ready to Rumble, and uh, it was my first show back, and Big Show was the world champion sometime in 98. And I went up there, and uh, went, I asked Pat Patterson, you know, who had seen me come in to try to, you know, as a manager back in the 80s, and so I was too big to be a manager, and, you know, he watched my career, and he put me over pretty strong on the plane. I said, do you mind if I come by and see Big Show tonight? We're off tonight. We don't wrestle till Sunday. He's like, sure, come on by. I don't think he thought I would come, you know, because people didn't just trade, come over to say hello. They came looking for a job. And, right. you know, that rumor mill on the Internet, me even showing up, that thing would have been, like, crazy back then if it would have been the Internet today. But they, you know, they put me up in the booth. I watched the show. Rock was, you know, the, the last one. I was still above Rock at the time. You know, I, I was, you know, I was in that spot, and he was on that rocket. And um, went down to meet him uh, with Big Show, and uh, he was very nice, very humble, and um, you know, just being regular Dwayne Johnson. And then when I was while we were there, I said, you know, I saw you. Jake Roberts told me you're going to be a huge star, so I've been watching you from day one, like all the time. And he said the same thing about me when I was nobody. He said the same thing about Stone Cold when he was nobody. He goes, well, he goes, well Jake's got a pretty good eye. <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, I said, so, uh, so I cut this promo 
the other day where you were being yourself and then you'd be in the rock this and the rock that. And I love that third person thing you, you got from Wesley Snipes, you know, from the fan, because that was the first guy I'd ever really do that on any kind of entertainment like that. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I said, I thought it was really talented. You know, really good luck with everything. So I start leaving and right as I'm about to walk out the door, I hear, hey, Diamond. I turn around and like the rocks putting on one of his fifteen hundred dollar Versace shirts and he says, You know I can tell he's rolling in the character. He goes, <laughs> There's only one people's champion and Big Show was like, Whoa, God. <laughs> And I just took that pause and I said, You know, Rock, you're right. And you, well, you my friend, you're looking at him. <laughs> oh <laughs> And the show was like, oh, my God, nobody does that to him. So um, I woke Kimberly up. I got back to the hotel. I was like 3 in the morning, and I was out partying. And she's like, what are you talking about? You're going to WWE. Did you sign a multi-million-dollar deal? I said, no, I'm talking about when I'm done. When I finally go there, Rock is going to be doing a movie or something. It'll be hurt. Something will be out, and I'll be able to come there, and you know, they'll kill all the lights. And... and uh, <laughs> And, um, you know, they really think it's Jericho, but then, you know, it goes 20 seconds and, you know, Jim Ross is going, you know, people who are having some technical difficulty, if you can just hold on a minute here. And then you hear me say to the, my, my voice for the first time ever in the WWF saying, who's the real people's champion? Spotlight hits me. You're looking at them. And I told the dime, you know, the people would have cheered and booed. And I threw the diamond cutter sign up, do the explosion, go to the ring, cut a promo on him, and you know, and when he shows up, shit's on. And I had that was a goal that I had two years before I ever went there. And then I get there, Rock's doing Scorpion King, but they'd already positioned Booker T to work with the Rock. And in retrospect, you know, if I could have done it again. I would have said thank you very much on the stalker idea. I understand Taker's your biggest star, but I really think you know people Chevy versus people Chevy much better for me. When you want me to do that, call me and let me know. I don't think I would have made it to the fucking limousine. I think Vince would have called me back and said, "Okay, we'll change it," because he really wanted me to do that. And I left four hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars on the table in WCW to go to the WWF. Right. So. Yeah, I, but I was 45 years old. I wasn't, you know, I was almost 46 years old. I was 46. Why, why do you think we can see as, as, as fans and you as, you know, the superstar, why do you think we can see that the money is in people's champ versus people's champ and the people getting paid to write this shit have no idea? Well, I think they had a perfect idea. <laughs> you know, it was meant to be shown that WWF had a much better product than WCW. Right. And that and that was that. Well, it was simple to go in business, and I agreed to do it. So, you know, I'm never, I have no negative energy towards Vince or, or anybody, you know, plus that was 10 years ago, you know. And, right. and people, but I'll tell you what, though, I must have made a pretty big deal for people constantly talking about it. Because <laughs> it always comes up at one time or another. But the reality is, what team did Michael Jordan play for? The Wizards or the Bulls? The Bulls. 
<laughs> yeah, they've only had six world champions. You know, not one. Yeah. That's a so, good, that's a yeah, good. that being said, that's, you know, it was a hell of a uh, and, I, and I lived a dream. You know, Trey and I have talked about this many times before, and, you know, I think we've talked to Nash and just about everybody involved uh, with WCW and the upper echelon after the buyout when Vince bought w, uh, WCW. Um, I've never fully understood you know, why some of the bigger guys weren't brought in. You know, guys like yourself and Scott Steiner and Nash. It was just really the natural-born thrillers and Lance Storm and a couple of the other guys that were brought in. And I always felt like this whole WCW invasion was just just watered down so badly because there was no main event guys. Obviously, it was a whole done for a reason like that, you know. Right. And the other guys, they weren't going to buy out their contracts. Right, and they weren't going to leave the money. They were smarter than me. <laughs> well, they were they were they were offered fifty cents on the dollar to either make the dollar right. and send it home, or get fifty cents on the dollar to come back and work. Right. It was you know if I wasn't forty, if I was thirty five, I'd have done the same thing. If I was forty, I'd done the same thing. Right. But I wasn't. <laughs> I was forty five, I think, at the time. Right. And it was what it was, and it was a great run. You know, I mean. You know, the W, you know, now that, like I was saying before, that, that we, they've got our world title belt, when we list world champions, they got to list me as a three-time world champion. If it's a WWF, that's not the case. Right. Because, but because it's WWE, they put champions together, they combined, you know, Hulk, and they combined Nashes, and they combined all that shit. Right. You know, so, for me... In the lineage, like I talk about it in, you know, the very best of WCW, the very, very best of Nitro, you know, that you cannot take that away. No, absolutely I remember, not. I remember hearing that you were going to host that DVD package. I remember hearing the DVD package was going to come out. And then I remember hearing, you know, they were looking for somebody to host the DVD. And, of course, again, being the WCW junkie that I was, I was like, man, I hope they get somebody that gets it right. And I was so glad to hear that you were the one hosting that DVD because I know in my heart that if they give you a script full of bullshit, Diamond Dallas Page isn't going to go for their bullshit. He's going to tell the truth. <laughs> it was so funny when I first got the script. I was like, and they were like, man, we really want to do this. It'd be a great opportunity, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, it'd be great. Sure, send me the script. When he called me back, I said, you really don't want me to do this. He goes, no, no, we really do. We really do. I go, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot of this. Like, well, what are you talking about? I said, this, this backhanded compliment. So I said, I'm not going to say it. And he goes, well, give me an example. And I read it to him. He goes, we could change that. I said, okay, and how about this? He goes, well, we could change that too. I was like, he goes, hey, listen, it's just, it was just a, uh, you know, uh, an outline. You asked me to put something together. You know, it's not cast in stone. You want to change it, change it. Good. So I said, really? So I went to two of my conf- closest confidants, which is my buddy Robert, uh, who does my website. Uh, it was like three of them. Actually, Marlon is one of my buddies and loves WCW. And my buddy Matt Giorgio. And we talked about, you know, it as a, as a, as a group individually. I, I would talk to each one of them. Because I wanted, what did the fan want to hear? You know, and then I just did my own thing, you know, and 
and and I had to get in some of their stuff because it was stuff that brought in what was coming up. Like, you know, uh, I wouldn't have said when I think of the world title, I think of Ric Flair and Harley Race. I would have said Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. But right. they were trying to make a point that Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen were an original, and they would dominate for the like, for the next ten years after Flair won that title from Harley. So it really needed to be said like that, right? You know, because of how it was set up. And I got to put over Harley, who was what was what, when he was younger, man. And I don't yeah. mean younger; his forties. He was so he was one of the toughest guys I ever met in my life. I mean, he had he had a vice grip hand. He walked behind you like grab your traps, and he could make you submit just from thinking grabbing a hold of your traps. I know more people have left. I know more people that have left his wrestling camp and failed than have actually graduated. You know, it's funny. I interviewed Harley back in two thousand four when I was with another radio show, and I was I was so looking forward to talking to Harley. Uh, big fan of his. And I asked him, I said, so, you know, how did it feel the first time you won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship? His response was, it was good. <laughs> could, could you expand on that a little bit, Harley? <laughs> it was real good. I, I, I love Harley. He's awesome, though. He was well, never, like, the big talker. No, he no, he definitely wasn't. But, you know, he was nice. He invited me to come down to some of his training camps and watch some of the stuff he did in his Fed. and yeah, just just a real class act. I I enjoy talking with Harley. Another my dad moment in wrestling. He used to say, "Harley Race, the man with the ugly face." <laughs> wow. That was how he described Harley Race. Now, uh, well, DDP, I, I got you know, JJ, you got anything else for him before I I get into some more of what he's got going on? I I do. I have a couple questions real quick. Um, one of the ones that uh, and this is kind of relevant current topic. Uh, I know that you had a decent little feud with Christian back in the WWF but before you left or back in the WWE, excuse me, um, you know, for the European championship. Uh, did you get a chance to, to kind of catch him finally win the world heavyweight championship recently? I know, but I heard it. I was so excited. And then the next day, but you know what? At least they put it on him. And I never thought in a million years once he left and came back that they would. That was my now, thing. I thought they were going to eat him alive, especially when you leave like that. But he went to prove a point that you guys don't see me as a top guy. You see me as a mid-card guy, and if I don't get out of here, you know, I'm never going to be anything but a mid-card but guy. But the sad, the sad thing is, Diamond Dallas Page, he got screwed more over at TNA, I think, than he did at WWE. I mean, they put the strap on him, and they took it off of him in a match where he didn't lose it, and then he never got it back. Well, <laughs> you know, I, 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 think he, I think he was able to shine there, though. He was able yeah. to shine as a charismatic son of a bitch that he is. The you know, in my in my opinion in my opinion, the worst thing that ever happened to Christian after going to TNA was Kurt Angle came over. I mean that was that was buzzkill. As soon as Kurt came over, Kurt was the biggest star in the company. Oh yeah. And it, it killed him. Uh you know, I, I've always been a fan of Christian and I was proud that he was finally able to win the, the world title and but I told everybody going in, I said I got a bad feeling if they put him on him, it won't be on him long. And I said, yeah. I, I would rather see Alberto win the belt and take it to Raw and then have some sort of a title switch where Miz goes to SmackDown. And then two days later, lo and behold, Randy Orton becomes the world champion. And I know the internet just blew up. And I was like, it sucks, but they just don't see him as a main event guy. It is what it is, you know. And, uh, 
You're not always right. <laughs> this is true. And uh, the other question I had, recently there was a lot of talk of the WWE bringing back uh, managers, and I know they, they toyed with the idea of putting Michael Hayes with Tyson Kidd. That lasted a week. They decided not to go there, had Hayes turn on Tyson. And then now Tyson Kidd is uh, is basically with Armando Estrada. Uh, my question to you is, has there been any contact from him about possibly bringing you back? Because I, for one, would love to see Diamond Dallas Page back in a managerial role. I mean, that was something that you were good at before your wrestling career really took off. But is there any any chances of that maybe happening in the future? No, I don't see that happen. I have no, I have no interest in doing that. Okay. You know, um, I, I had a huge interest in wanting to be a color commentator when I first was in the business, and I was offered that at the end. Uh, Mike Dunn, uh, Kevin Dunn called me the uh, Jesse Ventura, the next Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. And I, I actually get really excited about the matches, especially if they're good. Um, but even when they're not, you know, it's still bringing that electric electricity to the, to the match. Um, but, you know, I really have no desire to do any of that. Um, I have, you know, what I'm doing right now with my wire G, I'm changing lives, like, on such a different level that I'm going to really put all my focus in this right now. I've just been offered a movie role that's supposed to happen in November. We'll see if it does or not. I call it positive bullshit. It's positive, but it's bullshit until it happens. But it's a pretty big movie. And uh, my goal between now and then is to get wire G where it explodes. And uh, I'm going out with a couple different reality shows. Uh, right now, I'm working on, and um, I would love to be affiliated with the company, but I'd love to be affiliated with the company as, like, a spokesperson, a positive role model spokesperson for the company, uh, and uh, do appearances and stuff like that, because I'm really good with the people. Obviously, easy to talk to, uh, make people feel right at home, and, you know, um, and, and, and a, a good example, <laughs> you know, of of a guy that's you know that's not crippled. I mean, when you guys see, like, I'm gonna have a video. With, you know, I'm sure you guys are already members of. Uh, Subscribe to uh, DDPTV.com. Um, I'm going, I'm about to film on Saturday my YRG Extreme. Now, this isn't something I expect to sell to the masses. I'm going to sell this to people who want more than anything to be at the top end of their uh, physical and um, top end conditioning. This is for people who do triathlon. This is for people um, who are MMA fighters because uh, those guys beat their bodies up so much they, they're they only as strong as their weakest link. And when you see some of the things that I can do, I'm going to put just a highlight reel of things you'll find on YRG Extreme. And it's going to blow people's minds uh, of what I can actually do uh, when it comes to uh, uh, phys- the physicalness and my flexibility and core strength. Like I do this one thing where uh, I lower down in a 10-second push-up and I hold three inches off the ground for 10. I did that for years. Then I started to pick my feet off the ground and kick them in the air and hold them there. And I don't mean straight up. I'm talking about out. So they're literally at a 90-degree angle, and I hold myself there. I can hold it there on good days up to 10 seconds. Sometimes I did it so funny. I went to a, uh, a wrestling uh, 
um, autograph session two weeks ago. I think I was in Jersey, and uh, I did the deal where I'd lowered into push-ups, kicked my feet up, and then I went to what I call psycho push-ups, <laughs> where I just boom, 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 I pump like four or five inches, but uh, my feet are in the air, and my nose hit the ground. On the bridge of my nose, there was a little rock there, and it gigged me open. And <laughs> when I came up, I digged myself, and I go, oh, my God, this is awesome. i got to keep this. And I go, I just kept talking with them. I'm not going to wipe the blood out. Let me just keep the blood on the thing. <laughs> so I did the, the, the promo of Pretty Internet. That uh, reality something, I can't remember. I, gotta, I had the car that I was carrying around the other day because I want to call those guys up. Uh, there it is. Dragon, Dragon Dave was the guy's name. Uh, reality TV, I had, to check, I had to check in with him because I wanted to send me that piece of footage with me cutting a promo all. Digging my nose, blood coming down my nose. But I mean, I can. Uh, I don't know if you know what down dog is, but it's where your your hands are on the mat, um, and your and your and your body's like a hairpin, and your and your heels are on the mat, and you're trying to stretch out your shoulders and your hamstrings and the back of your knees. I jump from that and land my elbows. I land my knees on my elbows, balance myself, kick it back, and do it again. Hold it for Damn. five. Do it again. Yeah, you know, I mean, the stuff that I'm doing is like crazy warrior shit. Now I'm a 55-year-old man. Wow. Who had to help me out. How can I do it? Because I started with the basics of YRG and built myself out of that. So what I'm trying to show here, I'm going to probably end up giving it to a lot of fighters. Um, and uh, when I relaunch YRG, it's now at Zero Impact Fitness. You know, the yoga shit is completely gone. I use some yoga positions, but there's my workout is nothing like yoga. And, you know... For people who is, wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Exactly. But, you know, we'll do YRG. Because I get it. I was a guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Now I would do it with certain teachers because I think they are amazing. But in the beginning, there's like no way. But, you know, once I, once I have this done, I mean, my workout is more challenging than any yoga workout I've ever done, except for some Ashtanga, which is a, is a type of yoga that's really warrior. It's, it's, it's made for the warrior. You know, it's not that reach your arms to the heavens so the universe smiles back at you shit. You know, right. so, you know, I'm going the other way with it now. You know, where, you know, we started out as yoga for regular guys. That's what YRG stood for. And I got, a, I got away from that when I did DVDs. And I got farther away from that when I did the DVDs. Now I'm like, you know, I'm like, listen, I ain't doing yoga. I don't teach yoga. I don't do yoga. I teach YRG. I teach zero impact fitness that has a kick-ass, hey, Nazi Bear. I don't talk to man. Uh, and is a um, kick-ass uh, cardio, increased flexibility, core strength, conditioning. So that's where it all comes together. You know, with what I'm doing now, and like I said, I'd love to be a you know a positive uh, you know inspirational role model for the WWE. And if, if, if that talk comes around, I would definitely do that. Uh, I would love to be involved in some way with the WWE because it's part of my legacy. You know, and uh, you know, at some point down the line, they got to put me in that Hall of Fame. Hell yeah! Well, they so, will. You know, I, I I have no doubt that you'll be in there. I, I would personally love to see you in some role maybe helping out the younger talent because i mean if you look at a lot of the guys coming up through fcw it just seems to me like 
they're kind of put out there before they're ready to go. There's not a lot of wrestling psychology anymore. I just, you know, I watch the product, but it's obviously not the same as it used to be. And it's more entertainment-based and a lot less wrestling, uh, you know. I find myself being too storylines are more children driven than yeah. adult driven. Yeah. Well, that, that that had a lot to do with um, you know uh, Linda going for uh, you know going to be you know, go for the Senate. They had to clean it up, you know, and um, you know that, that that's where it's going to stay because you know now it's kids driven and the days of the kick ass you know I'm here to whoop your ass. You know, those days are over for now. But then again, wrestling is very cyclical, so you never know. We still have TNA. Yeah. And one of the things I want to mention on here, because I keep forgetting every time I do it, if you guys want to follow me uh, on Twitter, uh, hey, buddy, what's up, man? Um, it's um, the real DDP, just real, R-E-A-L, DDP. That's the one that's me, not the other people out there masquerading. Um, and... Uh, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on a push right now. To I should. The last three shows, I keep forgetting. So I'm, I'm not going to hit my goal, but I want to push this. I'm right uh, under twenty. Right under twenty thousand people. I want to get it up to like fifty though. So I'm challenging you guys or anybody's out there to uh, put it out there and let people know about it. And uh, the more people I get, the more y'all use the damn thing. <laughs> and if you don't remember what he just said, simply just go to my people that I follow. And you'll find him right there at Real DDP. Now, same here. I'm following you. So, question: This is an email question that came in from uh, Gary Murray from Glasgow, Scotland. I don't know how sensitive the question is, but uh, he's basically wants to know, uh, in a nutshell, what is the butt hurt that Mark Madden has with you? I hate you know, it's just—it's amazing to me that he would even give a shit this long. You know, it's just, I don't get it. You know, he, he thinks that I got him fired back in the day. It's not who I am. It's not what I do. You know, it, it's, you know, he's an over, really, really badly overweight, out of shape individual that doesn't really like himself. You know, it's pretty obvious. You know, a lot of people don't have respect. You know, the thing in the Bible that says treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. I don't want you to do that. I want you to treat me the way I want to be treated because I want to be treated really well. You know, so I want to treat you the way I want to be treated. And, you know, Madden, you know, what I've found out, because most people don't like themselves. They put shit in their body. They don't take care of themselves. They treat their car 100% better than they would themselves. <laughs> they, 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 they put themselves down. They they, they, they they constantly fill themselves with negativity. So I, I don't want you to treat me like that. You know, I don't want you to treat me the way I want to treat you. Now, Madden, you know, at one point, if you look at the quote from my book back when, you know, when I was on top of the world and he was kissing my ass, you know, and how, you know, how the, the, he'll tell you in the book, because this is his quote, that the, when the match between me and Goldberg suspended belief. In other words, it put in that little belief of, you know, like, is, is this real? Of all the matches, right. is this one actually real? He um, put it over huge, and then later on, yeah, I mean, he just had a lot of, like, he goes back on color, back when he was doing the color commentating and stuff, he would just say things, you know, that were you know, just so fucked up, you know, and, you know, and I still, you know, I, I would call him on it, you know. He's just a fat, miserable piece of shit. 
it, pretty much, you know. And but he doesn't like himself. I mean, that, that people could even bring him up. That it, I mean, it doesn't what he says does not influence anything I do or whatever, you know? Because it just, you know, I actually feel sorry for him. You know, you have to. You have to because God, I, would you want to be him? You know, not in so, a million yeah, fucking years. For for him to want to, you know, want to still hate me after I haven't seen this guy in ten years, when he had a heart attack or whatever the hell he did, because who I am, I still reached out to him. I said, "Listen, I know you're still pissed off at me for whatever stupid fucking reason." I said, "But if you want help, I'll help you." And I think that probably pissed him off too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, what do you mean you want to help me? That son of a bitch, I hate it. You know, it really takes a lot of energy to put off that much, you know, mistake, you know. Oh, and, you know, he's, it's the first time I've actually really talked about it. You know, to me, it's just, you know, it's comical, you know, again. And if, if we want to take a look at his life and my life, I'm going to take mine every time. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! It'll hurt me. I mean, I could spend oh. I could spend two more hours picking your brain, but I know you got to go, buddy. I just want to say thank you and tell everybody again: DiamondDallasPage.com, the YRG extravaganza going on, and it's gonna be the August twenty fifth. Or you can join them on the twenty sixth. Five days, four nights, or four days, three nights. We're talking around 225 bucks a day at the El Dorado Spa Resort, all-inclusive. If you want to see the video, go to DiamondDallasPage.com. Go to WrestlingNewsLive.tk. We've got the video for you on there as well, promoting the extravaganza, the YRG retreat. I'm telling you, Arthur's story, if you don't get emotional, you have lost your soul. Um, look at the video with Stacy, where she lost 180 pounds. On YRG. Now, here's the thing that interests me about YRG. You got a guy like Arthur who didn't get into it for weight loss. He got into it because he was told he would never walk again. And now this guy is doing things that I and Diamond Dallas Page can't even do. He's running. He's doing the splits like RVD. This guy is amazing. So you get the agility from this, but you also lose weight in the process. Stacy lost 180 pounds on the YRG workout alone. It's zero impact fitness for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. And if that don't describe me, I'm telling you, I'm doing this. If I can get down to El Dorado Spa and Resort, I'm going to try to do the four-day, or the four day, three-night package just so I can say I did it. I went down there, met one of my heroes, and I lived in paradise for four days and three nights and drank them out of all the booze on the resort. <laughs> Yeah, whatever you feel like doing, bro, it's your party, and we're just going to have a good time doing it. And I always say it's for, it's for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga but want the benefits because there are so many amazing benefits, you know, to being, you know, being supple, to being flexible, you know, to, to having that core strength and, you know, and just feeling great. So, you know, it's all in a nutshell. I'm down there. I go to DiamondDallasPage.com. Go to Real DDP if you want to follow my Twitter. And, uh, guys, I just got to tell you, you've been wonderful, you've been marvelous, but see ya. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, 
and you, monkey. You're listening to JJ and Trey. You're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network or the SNS Radio. You choose. Stay tuned or you will feel. Beautiful. One take. One take's all it takes. The Diamond <laughs> Dallas page. No problem, buddy. Yeah, we'll have you back. We'll have you back sometime. You got it. All right, later, dude, bro. We'll talk to you later. Self high five. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening to JJ and Trey Wrestling News Live on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel... Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Nemesis here. And you're listening to SundayNightShowdown.com. Although, while you're listening to the quality programming here on SundayNightShowdown.com, why not send in your comments, suggestions, and valuable wrestling opinions to What Would Fans Do? WWFD at Ymail.com Your chance, your say, your show. Come join myself, the Nemesis, along with the mastermind, Mr. Zodiac, and the only Hispanic gold medalist in the history of Sunday Night Showdown. Mr. El Diablo Ramirez. So come and join us every Saturday, archived right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. What would fans do? WWFD, where common sense prevails. Oh, well, most of the time it will, I think. Wrestling is really all that matters to me. For 39 years, I'll never give up, I'll never stop loving it. I'd rather be a wrestler than any kind of athlete at any level. I'd rather be Ric Flair than LeBron James. It's a way of life. And there are millions of people around the world that thrive on what we do and what we give them each week. Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Wrestling fans matter, and most of all, wrestling matters. Woo! 
Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNAondemand.com. The place to access over 300 hours of classic TNA programming. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. TNAondemand.com is the ultimate resource for pay-per-views and exclusive TNA programming. Log on to gain instant access to every TNA DVD ever released. Go to TNAondemand.com to get started right now. Sunday, June 19th, from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., appropriately titled Capital Punishment. Oh, yes. And, Brooke, who better to talk about capital punishment than the President of the United Man, States? Man, can you imagine the President having a press conference for capital punishment? It'll probably go a little bit of something like this. Good afternoon, everybody. President, 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 President. Would you agree that WWE Capital Punishment is a clever pay-per-view name? Yeah, I absolutely agree on that. We heard that WWE superstar The Miz might run against you in 2012. How do you feel about that? I'm happy to have that battle. Awesome. But what makes Capital Punishment so entertaining? Is it John Cena, Randy Orton? I, I'm confident that's what the American people are looking for. Would you ever consider becoming a WWE superstar? Can you picture that, Chuck? <laughs> and I understand, Booker, that there's uh, quite a guest list for Capital Punishment. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. It's Big Sexy, Kevin Nash. Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Scott Hall! Kevin Nash are the true world tag champions! You're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. One more for the good guy. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network, also streaming at audiowrestling.com and justin.tv. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy, and I'm joined by the founder of Wrestling News Live, the outlaw of the IWC, the Trey Dog. Dude, what an epic interview. <laughs> wow. Man, that's all you can say at the end of that is, wow. I think that's exactly what I did say was, Wow. You did. I, I remember editing that out. You did say, wow. <laughs> DDP. I can confirm it. You did say, wow. And he'll be coming back uh, probably around August. So stay tuned for DDP part two. Absolutely. Now, Trey and I were talking during the break, and I know we had said something about taking calls tonight, but you know what? We're already almost approaching three hours. So I think we're going to hold off on the calls till next week. But we are going to get through some emails because I've got several that I want to do before we wrap the show tonight. Right. So, again, I apologize for not taking phone calls, but damn, guys, we just had a 90-minute interview with Dallas Page. Doesn't get much better than that. No, it do not. So just hold your thoughts uh, phone call-wise till next week where we will load them up. I got mail. Yay! I got mail. Yay! Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. 
All right, guys, the first one comes to us from ZMG. His thoughts on uh, wrestling slash entertainment. Right. What's up, guys? It's ZMG, and I was wanting to share my thoughts on SmackDown the other night and a Macho Man memory. SmackDown was a mediocre show Friday, but again, like Raw, the Macho Man tribute was the highlight of the show, and I'll say that both tributes had me in tears. Another Macho Man moment or match that I thought was a good match was Ric Flair with Woman versus Macho Man with Liz. Just a fantastic match that I've watched not long before the tragic passing of my hero, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Brian Knobs, you fat, lard-ass piece of shit, mocking the Macho Man, passing just shows how idiotic you are. And it also shows why you haven't been on TV for like 10 years, and before anybody says he was in TNA, who cares? If you had any balls or respect, you wouldn't mock anybody passing, let alone the Macho Man. Fuck you, Brian Knobs. By the way, the Nasty Boys was and always will be career jobbers. Thank you guys for all the epic shows you put on. We are truly a family. Thanks, ZMG. Good, uh, good, uh, good email. I kind of agree yeah, with all those points. I can't argue with that. <laughs> no doubt. This next one is from uh, Tyson Wharton. Uh, he went to a house show on Sunday. Hey, JJ and Trey, I wanted to send you an email about the WWE house show I went to on Sunday in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. JJ, you think Raw is unwatchable. This was the worst goddamn house show I have ever seen. (laughs) I didn't really want to go, but my son is number one, or my my son is one and a half, and I wanted to take him to the house show. The WWE and TNA only come around every couple of years, so I went on Craigslist.com and bought a couple of tickets for $10 a piece. Eh, why not? Cheap. Yeah, no shit. That, that's pretty cheap. I yeah. made my son a homemade Cena suck shirt because Cena is the cum dumpster of professional wrestling and Vince's personal ass pirate. Wow, okay. How do you really feel? <laughs> Anyways, the matches were god-awful, uh, except Dolph versus Kofi. Great match. Well, there you go. And I literally knew about six guys that came out and wrestled. It seemed like these entertainers just came out. Half-assed the show. And left. It really sucked. I even felt bad for the little Cena kids who didn't know any better because they weren't watching a real wrestling show. Fuck the WWE. Also, just wanted to let you know I downloaded the TNA cell phone game, and I really do like it. It's not too fast-paced, but it's more entertaining than two hours of WWE. Hey, guys, I can't wait for the DDP interview. I know it will kick ass, just like all the other ones. Thanks so much for what you do, Tyson. He attached a picture of his son wearing the Cena Sucks t-shirt. I will oh, uh, I will put that on the Wrestling News Live Facebook page in the next couple of days because uh, this is epically cute. It is pretty badass. Yeah, see this. So next up, we have an email from, let me see, who is this? Oh, who it's, is? it's the Lou. The Lou. The Lou. Okay. Hey, guys, this is the Lou in Houston. I hope the family had a happy Memorial Day. So I'm alone all day on Saturday and decided to watch some videos on the Internet. Go ahead and knock that one out of the park, Trey. I was going to say, I spent many a lonely night like that. I bet you have. Now he's just going to spend many a lonely nights looking for, you know, backdoor into China. He won't tell you that, but he will. Backdoor China bookmark. There we go. I am still new to the family and the IWC, so I decided to check out this other wrestling group I have heard mentioning so much. Ring of Honor. I clicked, and the first thing that came up, I look over at my clock, and four hours had gone by. 
This is the ECW of the 21st century. I'm calling it now. If Sinclair brings this product and not their version, i.e. TNN, ECW, TNA is gone within a year and Spike will go after ROH. I implore each of you who has not looked into this, check it out. Can't wait to see these guys on TV. Thanks, Trey, for the doghouse. Oh, and Raw, well, it gave me a chance to hang those curtains the wife bought yesterday. <laughs> I love I love the love for, for Monday Night Raw. Oh. Let's see. Next up, uh, we have an email from, uh, this one says, long-time listener, first-time emailer, and a question. Okay. And let me see if there is a, it's Jason Fox. Jason Fox. Uh, First-time emailer, long-time listener. I am a professor at the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton. Oh, wow. we got somebody from uh, from Newfoundland. Well, somebody with an education listening to the damn show. Shit. Somebody from Eastern Canada. Newfie's in the house. I love it. Mm-hmm. True story. My wife has Newfie family members. So I believe there you go. Um, I started listening to you guys around 2004. Back during the days of Bottoms Up Sports Bar and JSK and the funky white boy Adam Martin. I swear, your various programs helped me keep my sanity while earning two degrees. <laughs> I've listened to the best of times like the show when JJ and Boom Boom announced their upcoming marriage and through the worst of times, such as the untimely passing of JSK. I do, however, have a contemporary wrestling question for you both. As silly as the Angelina Winter storyline is, I have picked up on a darker edge behind the idiocy. Basically, it would appear that Winter is using drugs to not only control Angelina's mind, but also to sexually assault Angelina, as evidenced by the recent semi-sexual heavy petting and kissing backstage. Which yeah, both, but it's, it's woman on woman, so it's not rape. Well, that's true. Which both members of the announce team have referenced and the audience have witnessed repeatedly during the past few weeks. My issue with this aspect of the storyline is that it strains credibility nearly to the breaking point. Why, for example, hasn't somebody other than Velvet Sky tried to stop the sexual and mental abuse? In addition, how can Mick Foley both work for Rain and be involved with the company that promotes such a storyline? I can only imagine how a victim of sexual assault would feel watching this travesty of a storyline unfold. JJ and Trey, what are your thoughts concerning the issue? Sincerely, Jason Fox. Well, I guess it's uh, TNA Wrestling, and so they expect you to just go with it. Um, I mean, they've eliminated the hate. They just haven't eliminated the, the rape, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't mean to make a line of rape, but I'm just saying... Um, I think what they've tried to say is that Winter has powers over Angelina due to a previous relationship from the past. Like, almost as if to say they were two other people reincarnated. I don't know. Um, I could do without the whole thing. And... We'll just see what happens. But uh, I understand how if you technically break it down, it, it could cause for some questioning. Well, you know, he brings up some good points about Rain and Mick Foley. You know, and then being involved with a company that has these, these storylines. I'm sticking to my guns here. Even though Foley is the network executive right now, when his contract's up, I think he's gone. You know, he even made a, a recent joke on Twitter about TNA. Yeah. saying uh, he was having a back and forth with The Rock on Twitter, and he said something about, 
you know, winning the title on an empty arena, a.k.a. a TNA house show. And it caused a lot of TNA fans to kind of go AWOL on him and, you know, talk a lot of shit. And he said, you know, he probably shouldn't have said that. It was in poor taste, but funny. Um, you know what? I think Mick's time is, is numbered there. I don't think he wants to be there. I think he's made that pretty much known. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of time and Mick's gone. So we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of the statements he made. I mean, TNA is very contradictory on anything that they do. You know, on one hand, they're giving you the anti-bullying shit. And then on the other hand, they're doing the racial and the bullying. You know, I mean, how can you not do it in professional wrestling? Well, I mean, this is an adult-oriented company. Um, they're also the same people that gave you a suicide right after Benoit died. Yeah, you know, very, I mean, very poorly done. When you consider the amount of wrestlers or sports entertainers that have committed suicide, uh, very distasteful. You know, I mean, you just got to go with it or you don't. Like I said, I'm not watching the show, so I don't know what's going on. I'm just, you know, replying to the email. Next up, we have one from uh, one of our favorite archive listeners, Hunjo. Hunjo, my brother from Springfield, Missouri. A single voice from WWE's target audience. Greetings, Trey, JJ, the WNL, and SNS family. It's the hillbilly from the archives. After a difficult week over the past seven days, both in the respect of losing one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and being touched on a personal basis with the tragedy in Joplin, Missouri, I've had little time to keep up with watching my guilty pleasure of wrestling. Thank the gods there's a plethora of shows from the SNS Network to keep me informed. It's been a huge help in giving me distractions from the heartache and the aftermath of the tornado devastation. I can't thank you enough. Now, on to what I'm writing about. With the long weekend, my new bride and I had the pleasure of keeping her grandson for a couple of days. To keep his identity safe, lest his mother does not approve of the lessons, I'll call him Kay. As my <laughs> grandmother did for me, I know I'm trying to do this for a young man. That being, I'm watching wrestling with him and explaining in kayfabe what is going on with the hopes that he too will become a lifelong fan like myself. Since I mentioned earlier how I've not been able to keep up with the schedule of shows, I'm running at least a week behind. In a way, this helps because I know what's coming, thus I'm able to focus on educating the finer points as opposed to trying to watch and still explain the important information. While watching last week's Raw opener, my step-grandson, if you will, looked up at me and asked, are they going to fight or just talk all night? <laughs> it was all I could do to keep from laughing. I told him sometimes they do talk too much. Later in the show, when Cena was getting beat down with a pipe, I looked over at the five-year-old next to me and expected him to have a look of worry or concern. What did I see? A grin and a light in his eyes. For all I knew, he was hoping that Cena would be beaten to a pulp. <laughs> but as we all know, the sun shone through the ceiling, and he miraculously recovered. Case slumped back in his seat, looked up at the ceiling. With a sigh, he said, did he have a bottle of healing potion hidden in his pocket? Needless to say, I lost it. So to you, Mr. McMahon, if the product you're writing for 5- to 10-year-olds can be seen as bogus, then maybe soap opera writers is not the answer. If this one kid who has watched very little pro wrestling can't suspend disbelief, what do you think the chances are the rest of your target audience will see through the smokescreen? Well, that's all I have for this week. To all those who gave, to all the defense of the USA, I thank you. To those serving in our armed forces, I thank you. God bless America. Hunjo. 
Amen. And, you know, he talks about the tragedy of Joplin. And I have been through Joplin so many times, I couldn't even tell you. And it was amazing to see how so much of this town was destroyed, but yet it destroyed the entire hospital, but the cross remained untouched on the top of the building. Wow. You know, um, there's a great article out there. If you type in something in Google along the lines of emergency room doctor and Joplin tornado, you might get this article from an emergency room doctor who tells what happened as soon as the tornado hit and how many little, not little, but how many surgeries they did on people just in the, in the debris right in front of him, you know, and without power and without, you know, proper medical tools or, you know, anesthetic, they had to do so many things, you know, and it's just amazing. And to have been right here in the heart of it all for the last couple of weeks, tornadoes hit all around the doghouse here. And I'm fortunate we didn't get hit, but a lot of people did. And so my heart goes out to all of them. You know, I, I literally sat back this, you know, this past week and watched all this stuff unfold. And as many of you know, I lived in Oklahoma before I moved to Calgary. And I lived in Oklahoma for about two years before that. And my mother is in Oklahoma City. I think she's in the downtown area. She works in Edmond, which is where Charlie Haas is from. And... I just remember the other night coming home after picking Harmony up from work. And we're talking, you know, 11 o'clock at night. So it was midnight in the States. And little Lexi was upset because she had been watching a program with Dakota. And they were giving updates on what was going on with the tornadoes. And she came running to me the minute we walked in the door. And she was very upset because she was concerned about her Nana and Papa. And she was afraid that the tornadoes, you know, had, had got them. So I literally made a midnight phone call to my, uh, to my mother and stepfather and talked to my stepfather for Bix. My mom was asleep and found out, you know, that it had gone all around them. And luckily, you know, they were okay. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, though, because Lexi talked to him and, you know, they had a pretty sweet conversation. But she literally says to him, I heard that the, the Nortados ate you guys or something like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> she calls them Nortados. And, you know, it put, Nortados. Yeah, Nortados. So it, it put her mind at ease to know that, you know, her, her Nana and Papa were okay and that her Uncle Matt was okay. So, you know, I, I, I feel bad for anyone who lost their lives in the tornadoes. I mean, dude, I've seen that stuff firsthand. I lived in Arkansas for 15 years. And back in March of 1997, I was lucky I didn't get my ass sucked up into one. But that's a that's a story for another time. I, I just remember, like, there was a tornado directly overhead when I got to work. And I literally, my feet were coming up off the ground. If it hadn't been for the guys I worked with pulling me in the door, I probably wouldn't be here today. Well, I know that the tornadoes that hit here last week, uh, that same line of storms, produced several tornadoes in Oklahoma and then as it moved on northeast and it crossed the Arkansas state line a tornado that was a mile wide touched the ground 
and took out an entire town. Yep, I heard about that. See, my, my dad's in Arkansas, so I knew all about that stuff, too. Like, one hit Valonia and pretty much killed that town. Um, so, you know, any time that the tornado outbreaks happen in Tornado Alley, you know, that's where my family is. So it's, you know, scary situation. Yes, it is. Let's see. I believe God bless him. God bless him is right. I do believe we have one last email. Let me double check that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Read it, read it, read it. One last email, and this one comes to us from DJ. I want to hear some some booty. I bring it via email. Bring it via email, buddy. I was shocked today. It was a good raw. For a change, wait. No, I lie. It was just subpar. But it is what it is. Few good matches. I enjoyed the whole karma coming out and literally saying she has a baby in her because Vince McMahon banged her. What? I have a baby. And if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Horrible porn. (laughs) Speaking of porn, are you guys excited about the whole China getting banged on camera? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not sure. Not because that's just, you know, a horrible thing to watch. Sean Waltman said it. It was a horrible thing to do with her. Poor bastard. I bet he wishes he had Matt Hardy's penis. Oh, DJ, you're killing me, bro. I don't know if you guys remember this skit from WCW. It involved RoboCop and Sting. Basically what happened was that Sting came to the ring, and I believe Arn Anderson threw him in a cage. All of a sudden, RoboCop comes out and breaks the cage and helps Sting escape. He sent me the, he sent me the, uh, the clip. Enjoy it. Yes, it sucks, but he has a family, damn it. Great show. Raw needs to be better. DDP is the people's champion. JJ, are you going to start the cause cast for SmackDown versus Raw 2012 once footage comes out? Um, DJ, where you been, man? We've been doing the cause cast every week for the last six months, man. We're we're still con- we're we're still continuing to do it. So yeah, we're good. As a matter of fact, speaking of the cause cast, on a related note, we are going to be um, having the cause cast an hour earlier tomorrow night. So instead of ten thirty Eastern, it's going to be nine thirty Eastern, seven thirty Mountain Standard Time. And reason for it couple of reasons one we're going to have marcus stevenson of thq stop by yeah and discuss the big announcement that's going to be made tomorrow uh involving the latest wwe video game a lot of rumors swirling around that it's not going to be called smackdown versus raw but you're going to find out tomorrow for sure what's going on with that when marcus stevenson joins us and uh the other reason well charles shane has a plane to catch early the next morning so we got to make it an early night so Tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Myself, Charles Shane, and the infamous Beard will be joined by Marcus Stevenson for uh, some WWE discussion. Does the Beard make him evil? Um, the Beard is evil. Like, the Beard is like a split personality. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Beard is a totally different entity. Charles yeah. Shane's a pretty, you know, pretty nice guy, but the Beard, the Beard talks trash to callers and Talk shit to emailers. I mean, the beard is just out of control. We're going to make it an early night because Charles has got things to do on Wednesday. I'll just leave it at that. We are. Uh, on Wednesday, the Pro Wrestling Rewind returns. Power Andy Knowles and, of course, Mike Siciliano. And uh, Mike had wanted to come on the show tonight. He messaged me earlier saying something about uh, possibly wanting to promote the show because he's got a couple interviews lined up with some guys from Dragon Gate. I don't have the information in front of me, but uh, when I told him we probably wouldn't have time, he signed off. So 
You'll just have to uh, check the Facebook updates and find out what, what's going on with Mike. But uh, So apparently we're going to have two interviews on the Rewind with some Dragon Gate talent. So there you go. It's a big, it's a big week for the network. You know, tonight we had DDP. Tomorrow night, Marcus Stevenson. Got some Dragon Gate USA guys on Wednesday. Uh, Sean Beckerman should be here Thursday for a show. Uh, on Friday, I'm back with Unplugged. Crelly said something about possibly Shelly Martinez making an appearance. Just a busy week on the network as a whole. And then, of course, we've got uh, what would fans do on Saturday with Nim Zodiac and uh, the only Hispanic gold medalist in SNS history, El Diablo Ramirez. So that's that's pretty much your broadcast week right here on the SNS network. Not a day goes by where you don't have a radio show now. Seven days a week, baby. It's right, baby. It's getting busy, man. It's getting busy. So with that being said, you got any final thoughts, Trey? No, just want to thank Diamond Dallas Page. Want to say make sure you check out the YRG Extravaganza. You can get information on WrestlingNewsLive.tk. Just watch the video. It'll tell you everything you need to know. You need more information, go to DDP uh, or DiamondDallasPage.com, and you got all of it right there. So uh, thanks to DDP, thanks to JJ, and everybody who sent in an email, and all of you that were in the chat room, and uh, all you archive listeners, I'll thank you in advance. I second that, and I, I want to say, you know, again, happy Memorial Day, and thank you to all the troops out there that put their lives in jeopardy for our freedoms. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. So on that note, I'm going to kick it over to JSK, guys, and we're going to head the hell out of here. We'll see you next week, obviously, for another episode of Wrestling News Live. Peace. So with that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network.